0: Have you been sprayed, swatted, stepped on, and overall disrespected? Tired of all those pesky humans invading your home? Now you don't have to live like that anymore! New Raid for Humans! It's not like your normal pest remover. Scientifically tested and easy to use. One spray affects them to their very core, the very core of human survival, their Wi-Fi connection. Once that has taken effect, those annoying creatures will be dead in hours. Raid for Humans kills humans dead. And Killer Bug Movies on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast.
1: Attention
2: planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Podcast.
0: Greetings and salutations. Hey. It's time once again for another amazing episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your Lord and Master, Insane <laughs> Mike. And it's summertime. And we are celebrating the only way we know how discussing killer bug movies in an episode we call June Bugs. Get it? It's June. That's right. <laughs> this episode is a very special thanks to Brian, who would do killer bug movies. Every June on his blog. Uh, Brian, you want to uh, share the blog site for everybody?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, you can find that at cinemasochistapocalypse.blogspot.com.
0: Say then, that three times yeah. fast. Exactly, that's why I made him do it. <laughs> yep. Because I wouldn't be able to <laughs> say it once, apparently. <laughs> so today's episode is brought to you by the letter P. P makes the P sound. puff Puh. <laughs> puh. <laughs> Many words begin with pizza. Or be- <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> not, not, not that one. Many words begin with P. Like what. One more time. <laughs> Many words begin with P. Pizza. Pizza starts with the letter P. Prostate. Prostate also oh, wow. begins with P. You know what else <laughs> begins with the letter P? That's right. Patreon. Patreon is a way to donate to your favorite musicians, filmmakers, and podcasts. You too can donate to our Patreon here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. There are different tiers you can donate with various perks, including, but not limited to, bonus episodes made especially just for you, the Patreon donors. So go to patreon.com backslash A-O-T-K-P and donate today. Do it. So, Attack of the Killer podcast is a proud member of the Phantom Podcast Network. Check out all the shows at downrightcreepy.com backslash phantom. Now now that you are a listener to the network and you have stumbled over our show for the first time, uh, first of all, where have you been all my life? What Attack of the Killer podcast is, is a show about a group of friends who share a similar interest, and that is horror movies. We come up with a topic and freely freely discuss films within that topic. So I want to take this opportunity to warn you that there are going to be spoilers. It's just inevitable. It's going to happen. They come without warning and strike when you least expect it. Just like at the end of The Sixth Sense when Bruce Willis... Hey! hey. The- See? The- <laughs> when you least expect it. That's right. So now it's time to introduce you to... The podcast. true. He was recently attacked by ants, and they were pinching him all over. That's the last time he goes to a family reunion. Jason Bollinger. Oh, man, they're nasty. Hey, everybody. She has a nice set of feelers. (laughs) Talking about her sensory organs. Come on, get your head out of the gutters. I'm referring to her antenna. Terry Turford <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> Hey everybody
0: <laughs> They say he's the bee's knees That's only because he spilt honey on his pants Brian Clark everybody
3: <laughs> Oh and let me tell you guys I am all abuzz with excitement for oh this episode Oh my gosh
0: Aww. Nice oh. Oh, So Thanks. now that we've gotten through the worst Beginning of an episode ever <laughs> Or the best Depending or on how best. you look at it definitely the best John Stalter (laughs) is not going to be with us this particular episode so and I don't have anything written for that so there we go (laughs) now that we're all here we can get started wait a minute (laughs) late breaking bulletin you know what that means it's time for killer news now it's time for
2: killer news Straight from the headlines on attack on the killer
3: podcast. First off, George Romero is uh, taking awesome. something of what?
0: <laughs> oh, sorry, I was finishing your sentence. <laughs> awesome, he said.
4: That's oh,
3: awesome. <laughs> well, yes, that too. But he's kind of going there out that Wes Craven did uh, towards the end of his career, and just putting his name on things as producer. And the next of the dead movie is going to be george a romero presents road of the dead and it sounds kind of like death race 2000 but with zombies where they stick the zombies in the car and make them uh race to the death the zombies are racing oh wow yeah i'm i'm not sure how i feel about this
0: yeah me neither (laughs) if we first said death race 2000 i'm thinking oh cool they're getting points for hitting zombies
3: From what I understood (laughs) when I read the article, they're making the zombies perform gladiatorial combat. But yeah, it sounds
1: Hmm.
3: a bit silly. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll see. You never know. I mean, the last couple of the Dead movies weren't that hot either. So maybe this one will be better since it's got a different director behind it. Not to slag off on Romero, Mike. I know I'm it's probably okay. making you angry, but
0: now I I totally agree with at least Survival. I mean, I still liked um, Diary Diary of the Dead a lot, but uh, yeah, yeah, I I was very disappointed in Survival. So,
3: and after Neil Blomkamp's Alien movie that was going to have Sigourney Weaver come back as Ripley again, got. Cancelled in favor of the fucking garbage that Ridley Scott has been barfing out into the theaters the last two movies.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: Newscaster's opinion.
3: Have you seen? Have you no, seen Alien I God didn't ins-
0: make it. Yeah, <laughs> we
3: didn't get to it. Anyway. I like it. It's so hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, Neil Blomkamp has uh, launched what he calls Oats Studios. Which he is describing as a home for short form experimental films. Uh, there is a trailer that you can find on YouTube. Just look up Oat Studios Experimental Short Films Volume One, and it's got uh, clips from it looks like maybe four or five different short movies that are going to be released through Steam, I believe, the the video game download site. Um, but hopefully they'll come out on. What? <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? Because I have no idea how to play video games. <laughs> well, that's what Steam video game is, is it not? It's a download thing. Yeah, it's a play. It's, it's, you buy video games there, but now you can buy movies there too, I guess. I don't know. This is what happens when you ask the cranky old guy to read the news who <laughs> is stuck awesome. in the 70s. <laughs> bah, you kids with your Ataris and your Pong and ah. Anyway. Um. What the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> damn it, Mike, it's contagious. I know, right? Okay, anyway, right, hopefully they come out on Blu-ray or something at some point. I'm sure they will uh, be available in physical form or on other platforms. Uh, but yeah, the trailer looks awesome. Did you guys get a chance to watch it?
4: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Those look awesome.
3: Yeah, I didn't get to.
2: Oh, I'm particularly damn. curious about the cooking segment just because uh-huh. I like cooking shows. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was hoping Mike watched it because the th- that, that sort of skeletal thing with some of the ligaments and musculars still yeah. attached, that yeah, practical awesome. effect looks exactly like... Mike, have you seen the movie Screamers? Now, I'm not talking about the one with Peter Weller. I'm talking about the Italian movie Island of the Fishmen that got retitled as Screamers in the States.
0: I th- I, if it's the one I'm thinking of, I, I think I the have.
3: Vid- the video cover has a skinless like yeah. a guy skinned alive, like, screaming, and it says something about, the worst thing about them is that they've been turned inside out, but they're still alive or something like that.
0: Okay, yeah, Yep. I can see that cover in my head right now.
3: Yeah, there's a skeleton, like a, you know, gory, gross skeleton thing in one of these trailers that looks just like the cover of Screamers. That's immediately where my mind went. And I figured you'd probably be the only chance I had of somebody knowing what the fuck I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And the last thing I've got is an amusing little uh, piece of goofiness. A Vietnamese skin clinic called MedCare Skin Center in Ho Chi Minh City uh, accidentally used the Umbrella Corporation logo from Resident <laughs> Evil. It was designed by an outside company, so I don't know. Because when they uh, were interviewed about it, they said, you know, we're, we're really sorry we we didn't design it. We outsourced it. We just wanted somebody to make us a cool logo. This is what they gave us, and we liked it. Um, you know, who? maybe somebody was putting them on, <laughs> or maybe it was just purely an accident. I don't know, but it's pretty goddamn funny. I think they should have rolled with it.
1: I think oh, they should have
3: just started making skincare commercials with, you know, monster dogs and zombies and stuff in them, but <laughs> that's just me.
0: Oh, that's funny! That's awesome. So it's the whole logo and everything.
3: Yeah, it's it's that uh, red and white, you know, the umbrella symbol. But nice.
1: Hmm.
3: Now that Friday the Thirteenth game came out since the last time. Yep. Yep. we were here in the studios, but of course, me being the crotchety old guy, I didn't. I don't. Play video games, so I don't know anything about it. So, has anyone here had any experience with it? Because I've heard some good things.
0: I've heard good things too, but I'm right along with you, being a crotchety old guy. I. It's only a download game, and I'd rather buy oh, it, it physical. Yeah. I don't play games. All of our
2: video game nerds are not on tonight. They're all, they're busy
1: playing, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But like what's what I what I've heard about it leading up to the release now, um, I haven't been following too much, you know, on as far as like reviews and stuff from people. But my understanding it does it does just a, a really cool job of following the canon of the like original franchise. Like Tom Matthews comes back as, as the voice of Tommy Jarvis, and um, which. That's enough to sell me right there. Yeah. Uh, and, like, the screenshots I've seen, the designs have been really cool. And, like, uh, Kane Hodder came back to be Jason in it. Like, they used him, him for um, uh, motion, uh, motion animation. Um, capture. Ca- yeah, motion capture. Thank you. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I mean, I figure I'll play it eventually, but I just didn't want to pay for a, a download.
2: You want the real no. thing.
0: I want a hard copy of it. And that, and I just don't want to... I don't want to take up the space on my system. You know. There's sure. too much junk on there as it is anyway, so...
1: <clears throat>
0: that and God knows how much of our internet that would eat up. Trying to download <laughs> that sucker. Anyway. So, yeah. Well... Thank you, Brian, for the killer news. Um, um, oh, I do have one bit of news I want to throw out there. So, the new X Ray Mary video is yes. online. That's true. It's up to see. Um, Skull of Elvis, uh, written and directed by yours truly. It's a Prescribed very, Films production. Very Ed Wood Gloriness. Yep. Yeah. Very in tribute to Ed Wood. So, you can go to the Prescribed Films. YouTube page to check it out Is it also going to be on X-Ray Mary's YouTube page? Okay So definitely check it out I want to see what people think of the video Check it out please, leave comments Get us lots of hits That would be cool Did you guys see it?
2: Yeah, yeah Lots of fun
0: No, I'm sorry (laughs)
2: That's
4: okay Well, he didn't watch your video, so it's fair. Yeah.
2: It's fair.
3: (laughs) I have a video? No one told me. That's kind of unsettling.
2: (laughs) Oh, I think you just meant the trailer or whatever.
3: Yeah. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) That was a close call. Cool. He's
4: he's back to thinking there's no video of him.
0: That's great. (laughs) Okay, so... Now that we've wrapped killer news, let's get into some June bugs, some June bug goodness, and I I want to I wanted the one I was really looking forward to watching, but we could not track down a decent copy of it, and that was Phase Four. So, but uh, yes, did you watch it? I watched it. Still, did you watch it? On okay. YouTube. I, did uh-huh. you? Oh, on, oh, the YouTube one. Um, oh wait,
4: no, I watched the MST3K version. On YouTube, that when I clicked on that, that
0: wasn't phase Four. Uh, I don't know what I watched then. <laughs> it was it, Space it, 1999 with um, with. Uh, are you sure? Martin, because it uh, was Lando. Yeah, did it have Martin Lando in? It? No, no. See what I clicked on. So mine it started, was, It was an episode for no and mine Space was phase Next four i remember
4: i the movie went through the four phases and was very exactly what brian was talking about with the kind of kick-ass cinematography of
0: yeah it was awesome and it was hilarious well so goddamn i don't know how i ended up on some fucking <laughs> I
1: don't other
0: episode but it was like you know you said it was like one of the early episodes and it was and so i'm watching it and then I, i'm like Okay, well, I know how some, some episodes, they would show like a short film before the main feature. Hmm. So I'm watching it for a while, and I'm like, this seems really long. So I jumped ahead, and I kept jumping ahead, and it was Space 1999 the whole time. I'm like, all right, That's whatever. Weird. That's, That's weird. weird.
3: So all right, so... You, you said you, you enjoyed the, the episode then, Jay, like as a Mystery Science Theater episode as well? Def-
4: well, definitely as a Mystery Science Theater, because well,
3: could- I haven't I met one, one episode I didn't like. <laughs> right. But, I started watching it. I didn't get all the way through because those, the early episodes, because that was from when they were still a cable access yeah, show yeah. in Minneapolis on KTMA. Yep. And those were largely unscripted.
4: Yep, you could tell. So it's very <laughs>
3: yeah. free form, and yeah, yep. you could tell.
4: <laughs> it was It was my first, I don't know if I've watched any of those uh, those, cable access versions. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I was I it was my first one. So I watched it for at least as learning, uh, uh for MSC3K, <laughs> you know, just yeah, for it, experience an inter- it.
3: It's an interesting historical artifact. It's yeah, not, not something you would show to somebody to convince them they should keep watching Mr. Sex theater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right.
0: But even though I watched the wrong episode, um, by watching one of those early, it really had a, um, cable, ac- uh, public access feel to it like it just reminded me of our public access days so
4: and that and with the, all the things that the half of the show that continued on to be the show we knew and grew in love it was so cool seeing those like moments or seeing Dr. Forrester's playing this character and he's like a fucking kid and he's you know or somebody's you know like It was really interesting to see the early on stages of it. But the movie, Phase 4, which I watched, was still pretty cool.
3: Yeah, it's honestly probably my favorite science fiction movie. I absolutely love that flick. And it's too bad you couldn't have seen it in high def because that cinematography is just phenomenal.
0: So tell us us about this movie, Brian, for those who... I haven't? I mean, like I've not seen it before. I've listened to a podcast called The Projection Booth that did a really cool job of mm-hmm. of, of explaining it to me, and I've been wanting to see it ever since. But uh, I want to hear your interpretation of, of this movie.
3: Yeah, I was pretty excited when they did that episode because they all have all those great reviews and
0: stuff. Oh yeah, I
3: and they not reviews, excuse me, interviews is what I meant to say.
0: And they do such a unique way of like of doing a show about a particular movie. And I love how they'll do, they'll do sci-fi movies. They'll do like exploitation films or B movies, what have you. And yet they talk about, they talk about them in detail of as if it's some high art film. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It treats it all very seriously. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so phase four.
3: All right. So it opens with a bizarre cosmic event uh, involving the alignment of several celestial bodies in a rather spectacular light show and it grabs the attention of the whole world except for one man an entomologist named Dr. Ernest Hubbs, who has been looking not at the sky but at the ground where species of ants from all over the earth have begun communicating and working together to conquer ecosystems all over the planet they go after some of their natural predators species of ants that should be antagonistic together are, or towards each other are seen uh, working together building hives and stuff and so uh, he enlists the help of a game theorist named James Lesko, who had been working on the language of killer whales, and they set up an isolated research center in the middle of the Arizona desert to study the ants' behavior and try to communicate with them. The base is set up next to a series of these strange, geometrically perfect towers, which they don't really know what they're for because Mm -hmm. ants don't build things like that, and after a couple of weeks of inactivity from the ants, Hubs is threatened with being shut down by his bosses and having his funding pulled. So he does what any good scientist would, and blows up the towers with a grenade launcher. (laughs) Nice. The ants' retaliation is two-pronged, both blowing up the scientist's truck and generator and attacking the farm of a family of holdouts near the research base. They herd the family toward the base, and as the base is hermetically sealed and has no windows, Hubs and Lesko have no idea the family are outside trying to get their help when they blast the land all around them uh, with this highly concentrated yellow pesticide foam. When they leave the airlock in the morning to collect specimens, they find not only thousands of dead ants, but three dead people, and one alive one, but in shock, hiding in the cellar of an abandoned house nearby, uh, the granddaughter of the farmers, Kendra Eldridge. Uh, When the surrounding area is evacuated and help is hundreds of miles away, the only thing they can do is take her back to the lab and hope she doesn't die on them. She recovers just fine, but picks the moment Hubs begins to separate his few living test specimens to start walking around and talking. And when she sees the ants, she freaks out and smashes a table full of glass boxes and tubes and sets all the ants free. Hubs hurries everyone into the next room and floods the contaminated compartment with poison gas, but not before he got stung by one of the ants and his hand is already starting to swell up. In what is, I think, just about the coolest sequence of the movie, uh the ants take samples of this yellow pesticide back to their queen, which isn't actually an ant, but a pepsis wasp fitted with a fake abdomen. And wouldn't you have loved to sit on, on that makeup session? Yeah. Because pepsis wasps have one of the most painful stings in the entire insect world. <laughs> so I wouldn't have been wanting to be the guy who got stuck with that job. Um, she eats this poison and starts laying yellow eggs to match the yellow pesticide which starts hatching yellow ants that are immune to the pesticide. And it's such a cool sequence because we see several different worker ants lugging this wad of hardened foam poison through the nest and dying from exposure to it. And as one collapses, the next one comes and picks it up. And they just have this chain of dead ants until the last one collapses at the queen's feet and, and gives her the poison. Uh, the yellow ants swarm over the toxic land around the laboratory and build more towers. This time they're shorter towers and they have mirrored surfaces aimed at the lab like little miniature natural heat rays so apparently these ants have a highly developed sense of irony the homemade <laughs> heat ray starts cooking the humans yeah the homemade heat ray starts cooking the humans trapped in the dome and when one of the ants blows up the air conditioner the temperature quickly rises beyond the point where the other systems can function without the computers they can't continue working on a method of communication and hubs who is now suffering hallucinations from the ant venom is in no condition to help Uh, long story short things go poorly and Lesko and Kendra both leave the lab on their own to try to find the nest Lesko because he thinks he has figured out a way to communicate Kendra because she thinks the ants just want her and will leave everyone else alone uh, if she sacrifices herself to them and this movie was my introduction to the 70's bummer ending yeah. the ants the, the ants win <laughs> and it's awesome
0: that's that's awesome so what makes this one you know you said it's probably one of your favorite if not your your all-time favorite sci-fi film and the 70s had no short supply of of um animals gone wild type films and, and especially insects gone wild type films what separates this one out from from
3: all that well it's smarter <laughs> To, to put not too fine a point on it this movie is generally compared to Colossus the Forbin Project and to the Andromeda Strain and it deserves to keep that kind of lofty company If it, it's, it's never cheesy the, it's not an action movie there's in fact very little action it's by and large 90 minutes of people doing math at ants
1: <laughs> right
3: <laughs> but don't let that description put you off because it's Just, it's so brilliantly put together. It looks like a piece of art. It was directed by Saul Bass, the the graphic designer. It's his one and only feature film.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: And the real stars of the show, of course, are the ants. The the micro cinematography was done by a guy named Ken Middleham, who also did a movie called The Hellstrom Chronicle, excuse me, which uh, is a sort of pseudo documentary about how insects may take over the world at some point. So he pretty much wrote the book on photographing. Bugs up close and personal, and making them look very, very cool. And in Hellstrom Chronicle, it's mostly just like what you would see in a in a nature documentary. It's just bugs in the wild doing their thing, or bugs in a you know lab doing their thing. But in this movie, the ants are characters. They I don't know how, but they yeah. got them to do stuff. I mean, I'm sure, there was just a lot of hurting them with little sheets of paper off-screen kinds of things. But, uh, like, when they when the ants get into the base and start fucking with the air conditioners and all the other systems in the base and stuff like that, it's... I mean, today it would all be done with CGI, and it would look, look like crap. And yeah. this was just all done with real ants, and it makes the movie so realistic, because it is realistic. But it's just, like, you believe every second of it. There's never a silly moment. And that's why I thought it was such an odd pick for Mystery Science Theater, because it's very slow. It's not corny. You know, there are no bad special effects. The movie looks amazing visually. So what is there to pick on?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, um, I mean, I've seen the trailer, I've seen the beginning of the film, and you're right about the photography of of the ants. It's... It's incredible. And to hear how they are, like, sound, from the sounds of it, you know, main characters of the film, and that the filmmakers got them to do, you know, to do certain things in the movie, that's unbelievable. Like, and that sounds like the most captivating thing of this whole movie, is just getting to watch the ants. Now, how did they handle, like, the scenes with the ants? This, again, it sounds like it's really there's there's a lot of scenes with the ants right yeah yeah, yeah tons of them i mean they is is it all just because i've seen the very beginning of the movie where you know where and a lot of you know animal gone wild movies start with like you know some shots of uh, you know these creatures in their environment and then with with a voiceover almost like it's part of a nature documentary about yeah. about what's to come and this one kind of it really starts off that way too now is that is that what happens throughout the movie is there like narration explaining what's going on um when it's no. just on the ants or
3: no no <laughs> after that opening bit you don't hear what the you, you don't have somebody explaining to you what the ants are doing you are just shown what they're doing uh because through the rest of the movie, their actions are it's directly interacting with the people in the movie, so you can see what they're doing and you don't need those cues. But at the beginning, when it is primarily just footage of the ants uh, attacking spiders and things and you know, cleaning up the their areas of predators and that sort of stuff, it, it would look, look like you were just watching a nature documentary if you weren't told that there's a specific thing that is going on here that is important to the plot. Yeah. And something else about watching the movie in high def, I couldn't see it very well in the... Uh, YouTube version of the Mystery Science Theater episode, but there are several scenes of the ants sort of having planning meetings. I know that sounds ridiculous, but like there's just a little circle of ants all facing each other in the in the hive at one point, and that was just achieved by gluing them to the floor of the set. Unfortunately, but <laughs> no. I'm,
1: I'm
3: I'm sure plenty of ants were harmed in the making of this <laughs> motion picture. But but if you look closely on their foreheads, there are symbols. Ken Middleham and his crew made these weird little discs with different symbols on them representing different types of ants and stuck them, adhered them to the ants' foreheads. Jesus. To, to give you the idea that when you're seeing the camera pan around this group of ants, you know, there's one with a triangle, one with a, a, a forked line, one with a circle or something like that, that they're all representing different species or different hives of ants that are all communicating together now or they wouldn't have done that before
0: oh my god that's incredible (laughs) how long did do you have any idea how long it took to make this film
3: i don't know i i would bet you anything that projection booth episode covered that but
0: yeah i I need to go back and listen to it again it's been a while it's just yeah because you don't get that kind of um attention to detail it's like you said if they made that movie today they would probably use cgi and it would look like crap you know because they because i would assume they would think that's the only way it could be done and and maybe nowadays it is the only way it could be done because you never i've never really seen any anything like that before before or since with that kind of detail and and um
3: yeah I think my favorite of the ants is, later on in the movie, we see this ant. It's a yellow ant, one of the ones that's immune to the poison. But it has this distended, sort of bright green, translucent abdomen. And judging from its interactions with the black, like the soldier ants, those just the hard, shiny black ones, um, it seems to be a cast specialized for battlefield tactics, like, talking about attention to detail, that they picked all these different kinds of ants and gave them different jobs, and you know, maybe some of that has to do with coming from the movie being made by uh, someone who wasn't a traditional film director, yeah, but who was an artist, who had the idea that, you know, in this movie, the visuals are every bit as important as the plot and what's what's going on, and there, I, when I did a review of this movie a while back, i did a bunch of research trying to find out what kind of ant that was, and it turns out there really isn't an ant that looks like that in the wild. So what they probably did was found one of those, uh, an ant that actually was yellow, and then fed it a bunch of colored sugar water. Mm. That would be my that would be my guess. I I don't know exactly how ant biology works, and if that yeah. that would actually have that effect. But yeah, I could yeah. not find any corresponding ant species that actually looked like this thing.
0: They might have been to be able to pull off some optical effects with uh, just just based on having the ants of different color and stuff. That could you know that could that could have been a thing. But yeah. to actually have the symbols on their on their heads that's just crazy, crazy.
3: The only th- the only thing that I... Uh, about this movie that... And I'm, I'm glad... Like, usually studio interference is a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. Studio interference fucks up the movie. Well, the writer, Mayo Simon, had written and Saul Bass shot a very different ending for the movie because, as, as it is, the movie just ends with the... Uh, now, essentially, possessed by the queen ant, you know, under her mind control... Uh, Lesko and Kendra looking out over the desert, and Lesko is giving this sort of voiceover about, you know, it's a new world that belongs to the ants now. Well, originally the ending was this really bizarre four-minute-and-change montage showing what life in the world of the ants would be like, and the studio said, no, that's too fucking weird. <laughs> and they made, they changed it to the more vague and, and ominous ending it has now, and I think that was the right decision, because that montage, like, the rest of the movie is is completely based in realism. It It's, you know, there's, there's nothing about it, that, I mean, obviously ants aren't going to turn super intelligent and take over the world, well, probably, knock on wood, but... <laughs> Or have they already? Yeah, maybe. Maybe they have. That would explain a lot of things that are going on in the world right now.
1: Yeah. Trump.
3: (sighs) Yeah. They want us to destroy ourselves (laughs) instead of having to do the work themselves.
0: Exactly. That would be the way to do it.
3: Uh, But anyway, the the montage just comes out of complete left field because it's just this bizarre, artsy, uh, just a collage of strange, surreal images that i don't think fit the tone of the rest of the movie very well but that mm. could be just me
0: now is this thing out on dvd or blu-ray do you know
3: yep all the films put it out on blu-ray okay so th- th- that was the version i rewatched for the i don't know dozenth time <laughs> in preparation for this because yeah, like i said i love this movie i've watched it a bunch of times
0: maybe i'll just break down and buy it to see screw
3: it i don't know Jason, and, and that, oh, that sorry, ending, go ahead. i was just going to say—that ending can be found on YouTube. That alternate ending. Oh, it does, okay. it does exist. So yeah,
0: okay.
3: It's not on the Blu-ray, but somebody f- like bootleg like, taped it with their phone at a film festival or something and uploaded it.
0: Uh, okay, so overall, with the film, Jason, how did you? Would you? How'd you feel about it?
4: Well, here's the thing. So, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, oh, I was just okay. gonna say, like, it's it's, on, it's only tainted because, because of the MST3K. Like, like, it was supposed to be bad, but like you said, it wasn't nearly as bad as most of the things on MST3K. <laughs> 90%. I mean, they had plenty of things to riff about, but um, at the same time, you know, I tried my best to keep them separated. That's got to be them hard. Them in the funny brain and let's just try to watch the actual movie too, but, you know, I, I, don't, like, I don't know if you can do that, but, I don't know, I, I like the movie. I thought it was cool. I totally see Brian loving it. And it's, <laughs> well, it's a, it's a smart guy film. Yeah. And, and it was also, but it was also visually stimulating as <clears> far as <throat> the fucking this micro cinema you know, it was amazing.
0: This is this is before the age of yeah. like freaking, um, like pro uh GoPros and you know mm-hmm. little tiny camera phones and shit. You know.
4: So if you're watching these ants do shit and you're like, okay, this could be funny because we got five minutes of watching ants, <laughs> five minutes straight, no of no, just ant footage. and that could be really funny or you know or goofy or both that might on paper be what makes it belong on mst3k but would
0: assume maybe like they were doing funny voices of different ants giving them but you're watching
4: it and you're just like what's the fucking ant gonna do next you know like this looks it looks cool so best of both worlds really to watch that version but Another
3: way this movie was kind of groundbreaking is at one point uh, Hubs and Lesko are out in a field discussing the ants' feeding patterns, and they're in the middle of this grassy field, and there's a big circle with another a square of untouched grass in the middle, but the circle on the outside, so it makes this kind of cool-looking pattern. Has been completely stripped bare. And then for, you know, acres around them is more grassland. So just in the middle of this field, these ants decided to make this symbol. But this movie came out several years before the first reported crop circles were seen in England. Mm. So maybe the crop circle people saw this and were trying to hoax people into thinking the <laughs> ants were taking over instead of the aliens that arrived.
0: Interesting. Or maybe the ants saw this movie and...
3: <laughs> yeah, got ideas, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Terry, you didn't get a chance to see this at all?
2: No, but I really want to because I like uh, Saul Bass's uh, graphic design work and all that. Like, mm. So I imagine that he has similar styles when... I hope he does when he does his filmmaking because kind of minimalist and... I don't know. Probably not, but <laughs> I can dream.
3: <laughs> well, it would. I mean, to, it would be awfully difficult to make a movie look like one of his posters.
2: Well, yeah, but, but you yeah, know, the,
3: it, col- it's not those
2: colors, and I don't know.
3: Yeah, it's not a flashy movie. That's for sure. It's it's very you know, as you say, minimalist.
2: Yeah. Um, say, I like the poster. It looks very Saul bassy.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Again, I'm just, I'm just in shock and awe. The idea that they got the ants to do things that they want them to do in this movie. It really did seem like it. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Unlike a movie like Empire of the Ants, where (laughs) it's obviously they had no control of the ants when they did their best to
3: shape it into a story. But
0: (laughs) yeah. Did you guys all get to watch Empire of the Hands?
3: Yep. Oh, uh, another one I've loved for many years. <laughs> Terry, did you watch Empire of the
2: Hands? No, I didn't get to that one.
0: Oh, okay. Joan Collins, man, come on.
2: <clears throat> <laughs> well, I started trying to watch the YouTuber version, but
0: oh, and I did it was it was like crazy crop. crazy cropped, so crazy cropped did and and
2: cropped.
5: Oh, looks like goes through, it was through a it.
4: screen door. I still yep, forced no. through it because I didn't have any
3: other choice,
0: but
5: oh. <laughs>
3: I put is anyone new... at all surprised that i own this one too <laughs> nope <laughs> i put
0: i forgot to tell you jason i put a new um this is great for the podcast i put a new uh uh app on the roku that had empire of the ants on oh. it you just had to watch it with commercials about every five minutes but
2: it that was the whole nice.
0: movie and they actually got a lot of good movies. i forget the name of it um but they had a lot of really good movies on there so When
2: really helpful.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I'm just telling
0: you. I'm leading to this. You guys are all assholes. But no. um, What I think. What I'll do. What I'm going to do from here on out when I'm researching our lists is I'm just going to because you could do a search throughout all of what's available on through Roku of titles, even you know just movie titles. So I'm going to do search by title that way and see what pops up. Instead of, like, sitting down and, okay, is it on YouTube? No. Is it on Netflix? No. Is it, you know? Um, Yeah, because that's how I found Empire of the Ants and found this other um, Roku channel. I also think
4: there's a website online that tells you where movies are streaming.
2: There's one called, like, Yideo or something that tells you, like...
0: Yeah, I did that. I I did that. I can't remember the name of the site, but it was definitely outdated. Was the one when the one I looked at? Cause you know I think I told you guys that them was on Netflix. Oh yeah, and it's not. Wrong. So, yeah. So.
3: I'm and not... that made me very sad because I yeah. haven't seen that one in years, and my VHS literally fell apart. from no, no. overuse For use. Several years ago, so.
0: I don't blame you, but we, we'll get to them. Um, but I want to. I want to jump back to Empire of the Ants. Yeah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> it's funny. Okay. so empire of the ants like it's directed by by burt i gordon um who is was was famous for a lot of like giant animal movies like from the 50s and stuff and then like he disappeared for throughout the 60s and then came back strong oh you could oh kind of strong i guess in the 70s with with several films and he, but he would always make, other than I think like Tormented, which I love that movie, but that's the only movie I can think of that didn't include a giant insect or animal of any kind. That Another Bert,
3: great MST episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is a good one. Um, that that uh, Bert I. I Gordon um, directed, and his initials, by the way, spelled big. So uh, hmm. Empire of the Ants based on H.G. Wells, it's got Joan Collins in it it's a fun it's a fun movie um i love the third act how it just kind of goes off the rails into this whole other conspiracy of the ants mind controlling the humans
3: it's awesome. yeah, we we got two right up front two ants mind control movies
0: that's yeah it's true it's true because <laughs> so basically this these uh this group of people go to... I thought it was just an island. I didn't realize it was just off the coast of... What, Florida, was it? Um,
3: yeah, I believe so.
0: Yeah. I thought it was just a secluded island altogether. And they go there to talk to... Uh, so Joan Collins can do the sales pitch for this new development in, in the area. And then just happens to be flooded with giant killer ants. Um, that, like, chase them down and stuff until they... Until they get out of the uh, swamplands, and end up in this small town, and there's something not quite right with the town. You come to find out that the uh, the ants use pheromones to mind control the humans, um, to give them sugar. I guess. Yeah,
3: <laughs> basically.
0: <laughs> we love sugar. And and Bert, uh, and Bert Gordon pulls out all of his tricks um, for special effects pulls them all out like and i was talking about how he can't you know they obviously can't make the ants do what they want to do but there's one of those shots just like in in almost all of his giant insect movies where it's just like a matte painting or a picture
3: like a fucking postcard <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and it's the one of the it's one of the silo where the ants are going in to eat the sugar and the ant and one of the ants is like crawling up the side of it So it looks like this ant is, like, almost floating in midair. Climbing
3: off into the sky. Yeah, exactly. Just like the grasshoppers in Beginning of the End.
0: Yeah, yeah, when they're climbing (laughs) on the postcards of the buildings. Yeah, exactly.
3: Uh, He pulled out all of his usual tricks, and he probably should have put some of them back in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there are times where things look... I thought things looked pretty decent, but just... You know, and, as per usual, yeah. held on to them too long to where you know then the then it's uh then it doesn't work anymore, but
3: yeah, some of the mat shots are are actually pretty good, and i I really like the practical effect giant ants, like the big ant puppets, I think yeah. they look cool,
0: oh yeah, I thought they looked cool too, maybe a little too hairy in comparison to when you see the ant when the when you see the real ants close up, you know, but uh. Yeah, that would be my only thing and I, and I like how you can always tell when it was a practical giant ant head effect because the camera wouldn't stand still long enough for you to really fixate on the fact mm-hmm. that it's an ant puppet head <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat>
3: now what you said about it going off the rails at the end they get to the town and the ants have taken everyone over and they're just making people feed them sugar but you know when it got to that part, and it's I've again this is another movie I've seen many many times, and I'd never thought of this before. But this time when I was watching it, it's basically Deliverance or Walter Hill's Southern Comfort, but with giant ants. Because it's a story. Uh, follow me here, though. It's a All tale right. of it's a tale of survival on a river. There's your Deliverance, right? Because. Yep. Most of the movie is the survivors of these real estate scammers trying to get up river to get to a town. And then, at the end, the town is all in on it. Ah. It's the same basic plot. Thank God none of the ants tried to fuck them along the way. <laughs>
0: <Whew>. <laughs> yeah, I was just waiting, waiting for that scene when an ant would
3: say, squeal, squeal, squeal like a pig. <laughs> You've got pretty mandibles, boy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, Jason, I know your tolerance for... Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs>
4: but, but like, it was fine. You don't even give me a chance I, to set it up No, for I... Well, I knew where you are going. Uh, well, I, also, like I said, I watched, like, half the movie because it was cropped so bad. Oh. I mean, literally half. Just the inside half of it is yeah. cropped pretty bad. It was fine. Yeah, it was Joan Collins, and it was who's that blonde?
0: And what? Oh, I don't know her. That blonde right. was hot. Oh. Anyway, I'm sorry.
4: Continue. <laughs> so easily distracted at the thought of a hot girl. What? Uh, Where? Yeah, it was. It was all right. I liked it better than. I was say, ones. it can't be the worst one from no, this list. No, it wasn't.
3: I think we, you, you It was tolerable. You didn't miss a lot, Jason, because what they cropped out around the edges was just Joan Collins' dignity shriveling up. Oh, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, I first heard of this movie thanks to the Golden Turkey Awards books. And I think it was like, oh, I can't remember the category, I think maybe like, you know, worst performance by a Hollywood actress in a B movie or whatever, and it was. Jo- I think Joan Collins actually won it in that category. <laughs> oh. And I, and at the time when I was a kid, I'm like Joan Collins was in some giant ant movie. I gotta right. see this. Yeah, I like the movie. I think it's. I think it's a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh okay so terry the first two movies you haven't had you didn't get a chance to see (laughs) what uh what one did you get to see
2: i just revisited mimic
0: nice now which do you know which version you watched was it just the regular or the
2: directors um whatever one jason sent me (laughs) i don't know what version that was
0: that's the one I watched, too. I think that was just the regular version. I don't think regular it was the director's. Version. But you have the director's Blu-ray, don't you?
4: That's true, I do. Okay.
0: <laughs> what should, which I one did you watch, does though? I sound that pretentious? Uh, that one. You watched the Blu-ray? Okay. Wish so I would have watched, better. Well, I yeah. wish I would have watched both so I know what the actual difference, uh, differences are. Do you or Brian know? I
4: just know that... Brian probably knows, but I started talking first, so I'm going to go first. <laughs> but, uh, go for it. I, uh, I hadn't seen it since it came out, really, you know, and I had not bad memories of it. I thought it was okay. I thought I liked it more than the world did, but, yeah. And then it just kind of went away and never watched it again. And then since, you know, we went to that exhibit the other day with Brian, remember when we were hanging out with Brian the other day? The other day, it was the last <laughs> movie. And, uh,. We went to that exhibit. It was so cool. Yeah, was very cool. And I came home and I bought all Guillermo's movies. <laughs> and uh, so I had got this and I watched it and I'm like, that was fucking better than I ha- ever remembered. And it was probably because it was the director's cut, but it was also looked amazing on Blu-ray. And I had uh, been traveling through his filmography and have been watching a lot more Guillermo than I ever have. So yeah. it... It had a very—I know—he says it's probably his least favorite film, and he doesn't like it that much. Guillermo said that on some bonus stuff I watched sure. with other yeah. films, but um, and still, I—I I loved the Guillermo ness of it in yeah. this Hollywood movie. I know so. when,
0: like, when you when you were watching it, I made the comment of my memory of it being. Not feeling like a Del Toro movie, and then when I rewatched it, I picked up on all of the Del Toro stuff. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
4: Anyway, I liked it a lot more than I thought I did back then, and I'm um, glad I watched it again in this very, you know, gushy Guillermo glasses I have on now, and <laughs> and I, I liked it a lot. Okay, go, Brian, go. <laughs>
3: Uh, I would highly recommend listening to the commentary that's on that Blu-ray. It's very informative. Kind of details the story of how the movie came to be and how it came to be what it was in the theater and how they got the Director's Cup put back together. He can't go into a lot of detail for legal reasons because the Weinsteins have lots of money and that means they can hire good lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) But... uh, the, the director's cut is significantly longer. It removes virtually all of the second unit stuff. So it's, other than a couple of shots, everything was what Del Toro shot. And he said that the one of the biggest things he learned from making that movie is that he would never, ever do second unit in another movie again. So now when you watch a Guillermo Del Toro movie, he was there overseeing every frame that you see on the screen. He doesn't do second unit because the studio had several second unit directors go out and shoot action sequences and more explosions and jump scares and stuff. And so all that stuff gets taken out in the director's cut and all the long drawn out scenes of suspense and symbolism that del Toro is known for get put back in. So, uh, he, he's much more favorable now toward it because of how much he learned from making it and how to deal in Hollywood. Um, Mm -hmm. And he he knows that even the Director's Cut version isn't the version he wanted to make, but it's the closest thing we're going to get, so he's kind of made his peace with it. Cool. So yeah, that's... Oh, and uh, right at at the end of the movie, when uh, Hero Scientist guy goes back in to blow up the Nest... Mm-hmm. The that the shot of all mm-hmm. the bugs falling from the ceiling and flying, like so it kind of gives the impression that there's this huge mm-hmm. underground cavern full of these things.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: They only had enough money to animate three different bugs, one just hanging oh. from the ceiling, twitching, one in flight, and one kind of dropping from the ceiling and opening its wings or something to that effect. And because it was in the brand-new days of CGI back then, He said he and the animators stayed up for, like, two days straight. Three days straight, just layering all the different bugs in Uh, there because it was such a labor-intensive process.
4: Oh, man. Now it's a
0: click of a button. It's (laughs) called the Mimic. I'm just kidding. Uh, So, Terry, what are your thoughts on Mimic?
2: It was good to... Did we do a synopsis already, or was I spacing out?
0: No, we haven't. You can go ahead.
2: Okay. Um, so, Mira Servino, who I can only ever remember from being in Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion, is in this, and yeah, she plays she's this hot. doctor.
1: <laughs> That's why I
0: like she's, this movie.
2: Yeah. Well, I like it because Jeremy Northam is in it, and he's hot. So, hot. Um, so <laughs> she saw your hotness um, and raised
0: that's, it. That's sexist. <laughs> I'm offended.
2: Um, anyway, she um, creates this these insects that are they're basically like designer insects created to kill off these. I think they're cockroaches that are carrying this disease that's harming children and all that. Um, and then years later these insects that she created have evolved and now they're trying to destroy humans is the gist of it hmm they yeah no it's good it um I like the uh the little boy like the the autistic little boy with the shoe shiner gramps.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He's pretty cool. Um, oh, and fucking... Um, what's his face? Yeah. This is good. Good talk. Good talk. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Thank <laughs> you. He's awesome. And I was really sad when he, spoiler alert, died.
3: That was... <gasps> that was one of the very few second unit shots left in, and the second unit director on that movie, Robert Rodriguez.
0: No, really? Uh. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. I'm looking now. I believe you, but I need to see it for myself.
2: (laughs) So yeah, no, it was good. (laughs) I like how I really like how the 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 big bug um like mimics the form of a human like a, a, with like an overcoat or something in yeah. the shadows that's
0: that's the shit that's my favorite part in this whole movie yeah that, that's like sure. it's like super There's creepy and like make a face You, you for a while yeah. you just see this guy in this like hat and coat just kind of walk around yeah. what the fuck how is this
2: they, they just evolved to
0: mimic a human mimic that him. Oh, I get the title now! Oh. But, uh... <laughs> that, I would love to have seen more of that in this movie. You know, that that was, like, my favorite stuff. Like, I could have seen a whole movie based around that, so...
3: Yeah. Has anyone else read the short story that this is based on?
0: No, I have not.
3: It's pre- It's pretty cool. It's just a... Five or six pages long, and it's about this man in a black trench coat, who the narrator sees going in and out of his of an apartment building in his neighborhood. You know, most of his life, and one day he hears people screaming and making all this noise, and the, and the cops are called, and they because there's something going on in the apartment of the man with the black trench coat, and they they kick the door in. And the man in the black trench coat is laying on the floor, and there's this big, weird metal box that he had been constructing, dragging these pieces of sheet metal into his apartment. And it's opened, and all these tiny little men in black trench coats fly out and fly out the door, or fly out the window. Hmm. And they're they're looking at the man in the trench coat, and they come to realize it's not a man at all. It's this giant female bug. Because he says earlier in the story that the the man would he never spoke to anyone because he couldn't talk obviously, and the only time it ever seemed apprehensive was around women, because apparently it was afraid that a female human would be able to figure out that it wasn't, you know, it would they'd pay more attention. They were a little more observant than men, and so it's this giant bug with its wing sheaths to look like a trench coat, and it's. Uh, you know, a a shell casing that went over its face that kind of gave the impression of facial features if you didn't look at it too closely. And the narrator's looking out the window and watching this cloud of these mimic bugs flying away and a a chimney on the roof of a building across the street. A piece of the chimney breaks off and it's this bug that's colored to look just like the chimney and it flies off after him kind of mm-hmm. implying that the whole city is full of different insects filling all these ecological niches mimicking these parts of the city or, or people or whatever and then preying on each other in this whole other ecosystem that is happening kind of right out of the corner of our eyes
2: gross mm-hmm.
0: that sounds so awesome so kind of like what I want what I want to see out of this movie is more of the more of that kind of stuff yeah i mean it's a good movie don't get me wrong but like it also reminds me i've read i've i've seen that that kind of concept in comic books before um -hmm. in anthology anthology horror comics where there's like one that can't remember where it's from that sticks out on my mind where like uh you know guy meets this woman gets married to her and and he's he's gradually getting sicker and sicker and sicker and and he's bedridden, and come to find out that you know she's just she sheds her skin, and she's this insect, and he's she's been using him to incubate their their um, insect humanoid babies. So, well, I
4: see that as an accomplishment. You wanting more of that, because like oh sure, you can't just have a movie with all the good stuff and not have any <laughs> character development. You know, it's like. I think it's a good sign to. You always want to leave the audience wanting oh, more, right? Want, so,
0: and just the the moments with that. It's a good thing. Bug in a trench coat were really effective in this movie that yeah. it left me wanting more of that. You know, it doesn't it didn't hurt the film that there isn't more. I'm Not saying that. I mean, the movie is is still um, really good and a lot of fun. So. Yeah, okay. yeah. So anybody out there, give it another chance. So yeah, mimic. Yeah. Mimic. What is the worst one from this list? What? You just want
2: to. <laughs> you want to talk about the worst one? Of course you do.
4: Wait. <laughs> I'm surprised we got hey, this far without. What? But-
2: I mean, are we opening the floor? <clears throat> Not everyone's picked ahead. one yet, though. Well, I was just gonna say I also watched the Italian phenomena. Do do, yeah. do
0: do Phenomena do, 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 do. <laughs> Phenomena.
2: Phenomena. Oh okay. You have to. Um, you have to <laughs> So yeah, I watched that.
0: Yeah, I got a chance to rewatch it too, and I'm so glad I did. Um, I mean, I've seen it dozens of times before, but it's been forever and felt like watching it with fresh eyes again. Such a great movie. I love it. It's so good. It's got to be the closest thing I think Dario has ever made to um an American style film, meaning that like there's a plot, there's <laughs> there's a cohesive story, you know. Sort there's sort of character motivation that makes sense, you know. Sort of like that.
1: <laughs> Well,
0: it does to me. Maybe I'm just that that um <laughs> Uh, accustomed to Italian cinema that yeah. this one stands out a little bit more But
3: I mean if, if somebody murdered your Donald Pleasants, you'd want to kill them with a straight razor too I get it <laughs>
2: that's right it always bothers me when a character in a movie like shares the same name as the actual actress who is playing that character like I don't yeah, know why yeah. that bothers me because Jennifer Connelly's character in the movies, her name is Jennifer, and I'm like, I mean, that had to have made it easier on her during filming, but it just kind of bothers me. I don't know. Yep. That's a dumb complaint.
1: No,
0: I get it. I I, I just noticed totally it. I'm like, oh, from.
2: why is that? do they change it to be that on purpose? It's or? almost
0: dis- it's as as a viewer, and you you if you know who that actor is, and they you know, it's kind of yeah. distracting. Kinda of takes you out of it, I think. A
2: little, yeah. yeah. Like you almost wonder if maybe she had had trouble responding to to uh any other name, so they changed it to her name so she would fucking act like she's supposed to. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Gone. Is this based on a short story or book or anything?
3: Not that I'm aware of.
2: Okay. So what? we don't have a reference point. Is I don't it- know. Anyway, <laughs>
0: Is it, um, was it her first film? That's what I want to know.
2: I can check that very shortly.
0: I'm working on it. You can keep talking. <laughs> I though. mean,
2: it was pretty early. Yeah. Uh, it, no, Once Upon a Time in America was her first movie. Oh, that's right. But this was her second film ever.
0: Yeah, how how wild's that, to go from Once Upon a Time in America to, like, Daria Argento? Yeah. You know, so young in your career.
2: That's because she's hot. Yeah. I and shouldn't it's o- say that about a child, but, well, you know. Well,
0: it's okay for me to say that, because we're pretty close in age, so I thought she was really, <laughs> I thought she was really hot when this movie came out, so it's okay to say that, because I was, she was, she's actually two years older than I am, so...
3: I swear, I am the only person in the world who just doesn't get that. Tri- <laughs> you don't think I,
2: she's pretty? I,
3: she's not ugly, certainly, but everyone is just gaga over her. Is
0: I, it? Is it the eyebrows? Uh, eyebrows too bushy for you? No, oh, okay. I
3: don't care about her eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I, like I said, I didn't mean. I'm not implying that I think it's ugh. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it doesn't just have to be one extreme or the other, just you know, wolf she's in red eyes thing. bugging out or yeah, she's she's there, she's not awful, but I don't understand the, the raging boners that everyone has for her, but that's just me being weird, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh who wants to describe this movie
2: Um there's it's kind of a weird I don't it's a weird setup I think I mean I guess it's intriguing I was a little I was a little bored when I first started watching it but then I got a little more into it Um, a little
0: bored there's a freaking murder in the first two minutes of the movie
2: so I watch true crime shit all the time that's like nothing alright um (laughs) but Jennifer Connolly, Jennifer whatever her character's name is she goes to a boarding school in this where is it is it sweden or something i don't know anyway there is a serial killer in the area who kills young girls and then apparently jennifer has this strange ability when it comes to bugs and she teams up with Donald Pleasant's entomologist and they, you know, save the day and stuff sort
3: of. Huh. Well, he dies, but then she saves the day, but she had his monkey. monkey with the weird butt. <laughs> yeah. I was
2: going to say, let's monkey. not forget about the but. monkey. Yeah. The monkey is like but. the star of the whole movie. Like far and above the best actor.
3: <laughs> oh, you didn't you didn't like Pleasant's
2: performance? No, no, he he was good. I actually uh, I really I... liked his performance. You didn't like him? You didn't like him? I had a problem with his death scene. Like he gets jabbed with like the spear, and then he's like, blah, blah, and his eyes are open and weird. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I kind of liked his death scene. I thought it was like a bold choice, honestly. Sure. Mine was about him being Scottish. Oh. And his
4: Scottish accent.
1: Oh. Uh, uh,
4: that. Was there one? Right. Okay. <laughs> it was there.
3: And that's what was weird about it. I forgot that he was supposed to be Scottish. You know, not everyone from Scotland sounds like Fat Bastard from Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I They're that. not all cartoon characters. And that's so. a
0: damn shame. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I really love, you know, it's on this episode for a reason, but that's the reason I like it. I like this movie. I like the angle with the... The bug a little with the bugs and her being able to communicate with the bugs and and uh there are her they are her friends quote unquote um you know because it, it,
2: it, uh, yeah.
0: without that you strip it it's just another generic shallow movie you know so sure um and that's Until why you get i get pre- to that
3: horrifically deformed little kid at the end
0: well yeah there's that too yeah. but
2: yeah i <clears throat> Did I like miss something? Like, with the. Was she like the guidance counselor? Or. Who was the killer chick? What was she at the boarding school? A teacher? Dean? (sighs) Something?
0: (sighs) Something like that, yeah.
2: So, like, she just. Jennifer wants to go home, and then all of a sudden she reveals that she's. Psycho when she had been fairly normal the rest of the movie. I don't know. It seemed like a really sharp turn at some point that I must have missed some sort of detail as I was watching. Or maybe I spaced out or something. I don't know. No?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to remember now. I already (laughs) forgot.
2: Well, yeah, because she's like... They the boarding school people discover that jennifer um thinks that she can talk to bugs and stuff and they're all like bullying her and she freaks out and then she makes the bugs like do weird shit and freaks all the girls out and so jennifer's trying to go home yeah and she can't get her dad to send her a ticket so then he has this teacher lady i can't remember what her name is um
0: she, I, I think you're right about like being a dean or something. She was more than just a teacher.
2: Yeah, she Yeah, she was a, an administrator of some yeah, sort. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And
2: uh, so she's going to stay with her because she can't get another on a train until the next day. And then she goes to her house and then it's just like, oh yeah, I'm psycho and I have a crazy son and I cover my mirrors and I'm weird now. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it seemed a little jarring to me, I guess.
0: i I don't know maybe maybe i don't know i didn't feel it was very jarring but then again i've seen this movie a few times so maybe that's why it doesn't to me but i could swear there was like there's something that happens earlier in the film that yeah kind of gives it away that this woman's going to be the the killer i must
2: have spaced on that moment because i was like wait what what is happening now i missed something for sure
0: and a lot like, uh, like phase four, their attention to detail with the bugs. Well, I was going to say that it was, um, uh, that it was, uh, uh, really awesome too. But I, I, I remembering now that there's a few like, just kind of like black splotches painted onto the negative that, uh, um, that's supposed to be like a circle of bugs that don't look very good. But there's a few moments in the film, like with the bee. One of her, one of Jennifer's early scenes in the film when she's in the, when she's being driven to the school, and there's the bee in the car, and it lands on her finger. Mm-hmm. In the documentary, um, uh, Matt, oh, what the hell's the name of that documentary now? Dario Gento's World of Horror. Uh, they must have made that documentary around the time of when they were making Phenomena, because there's a lot of behind the scenes of Phenomena in the movie. Do,
1: do. Oh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but basically, they had the they had the they had the bee they had the bee on a on a fishing line. They had surgically implanted a fishing line in this bee <laughs> so they could like puppeteer the bee to go where they wanted it to.
3: I love how you so nicely say surgically implanted, like you don't just mean they shoved it in there with a pushpin.
0: <laughs> that's how they described it in the documentary, sir. That's what I believe. They they that's gave it. it anesthetic and they put it under Boy- and like
2: huh. Boycott Argento for killing the bees. That's what that's what's happening, right? <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
0: They but they had literally <laughs> had taken the car and and tore the top off of the car and then built built um, like a little a little box on top of the car for the puppeteer to sit in with a hole through the hole through that into the into the backseat of the car where the bee would be. And I'm just like all that work put into just making this bee be able to go where they want it to go, land on her finger, or whatnot, that's incredible. You know, back when Argento used to get away with shit like that, so
3: the uh the black splotches of bugs that you were saying <laughs> you didn't think looked all that great by the way were accomplished by pouring coffee grounds into a clear glass tank of water and then superimposing the the flowing coffee grounds over
1: oh.
3: the shot.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, the scene in the in the grosso pit there in the end of the film. Oh, that is so fucking nasty. (laughs) Ew. They and like (laughs) and and there's like you know all those flies in there and whatnot. They would. Is it
2: like oatmeal? It looks like oatmeal or something.
0: I don't know what's in the (laughs) pit, but they they infested that room with maggots just so that they would (laughs) they would grow into flies for that scene. Ew. So, like, they built that pit days before they shot and had all these maggots in there. Till That's they, fucking
2: uh, gross. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I love
0: maggots. It's awesome. Ugh. It's awesome.
2: Couldn't they just put, like, cooked rice or something in it? <laughs> no! It's gotta be authentic.
3: <laughs> 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 They're Italians. They love maggots. It's kind of what they do.
0: They do. They do love their
3: maggots. (sighs) This, I think, is not only my favorite Dario Argento movie, but probably my favorite Goblin score as well.
0: Oh, the music in it is incredible.
3: It is awesome. Plus, there's a Motorhead song on the soundtrack.
0: (laughs) Kind of out of place. That was
3: weird as fuck. (laughs) There is no such thing as... Motorhead being out of place. You I can put them you. over anything. It's like, goddamn right, it's Motorhead.
0: Well, I understand what you're saying, but it's not an action-y scene where that song is... They're just walking, you know? Yeah. That happened a lot in the mid-80s. But, with putting Motorhead
3: this- in there makes it the most awesome fucking walking you have ever <laughs> seen.
0: True, true, true. But there was that time where they... Some A lot of those, like, Argento productions, they were using a lot of heavy metal music and didn't always fit the mood of the scene. But, yeah, I'll, I'll take Motorhead any day, absolutely. Oh, which song was it now? I'm trying to remember. Sing
3: a little, Brian. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> Sorry.
0: Was it 8 was it ace of, spades? No, oh, was ace of no, spades no no
3: they couldn't have afforded ace of spades
0: <laughs> huh. anything else anybody has to say about uh this movie i don't want to say the name of the movie again because it'll start the <laughs> muppet song again. what
2: what what's the name of the, the movie creepers
0: movie. ah <laughs> tricked you what's the difference in those versions did you guys say that (laughs) Creepers what did you say Jason
4: did Brian break down the difference in the two versions
0: oh no
3: one's a lot shorter (laughs) I
0: could have said that
3: (laughs) I've actually never seen the Creepers version so I have no idea because why would you want to watch a truncated version of an Italian horror movie? that just means all the good stuff's missing?
0: yeah, I probably have seen the because I know I owned at one point the creepers VHS, but it's been so long I wouldn't be able to tell you what was what was in it, what wasn't fine, yeah, I didn't want to know,
4: <laughs>
0: but you asked
4: I, know. I say a lot of things. <laughs>
0: Oh, even Dario Argento says this. this is one of his personal favorites of his work. Where's the rank for you? It's tough, you know? Rewatching watching it again, I had such a blast watching it again there, that if you would ask me in a moment, I'd probably would have said, this is my favorite! But, man, I just have such a love for um, opera since yep. the first time I ever laid eyes on it that I think opera's always going to be my favorite. Um... I don't know. And I think I said this when we also rediscut when we talked about um, when I rewatched. Uh... Oh, shit. There was another Argento film we talked about not too long ago. Anybody remember? No, we don't. I like,
3: I, I like how you think that's an uncommon occurrence.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Penebrae. Oh, yeah. We yeah. About,
2: I was going to say that, but I didn't want Video you to. your
4: nasties? That's why
0: we talked about. It. Yeah. And I th- and I think at the time I would have said that was my favorite. So, I don't know. <laughs> so, I'm probably going to stick with opera being number 1.
3: And, and Fucking
0: ant was on my arm.
4: I was oh. freaked out. <laughs> and it was yellow. Oh, so true. It was fucked
3: up. Did you look and see real close at its forehead if it had a little symbol on there?
4: Nope, I flicked it at Mike as fast as I could,
0: <laughs> and I ate it. <laughs> um, pro yeah. So opera probably number one. Um, I I always hate saying it, but probably Suspiria number two, and then maybe Phenomenon number three. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what about yeah.
0: Where where would it? So you said this is your favorite, right, Brian? Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. What about? And Suspiria is also my number two. Like you you say you hate saying it because yeah it's easy it's a gimme it's his most yeah. famous movie but who fucking cares it's his most famous movie for a reason For a it's reason.
0: Awesome. yeah exactly yeah true good point what about you jason do you and i know you're not as versed in argento hey, as you watch Brian your
4: anymore. mouth oh i've seen all the ones you've seen i've probably seen more of argento <laughs> or italian argento oh uh no, I I like it a lot. I uh it's all it's always been opera for me from the first time I saw it, but mm-hmm. And then Suspir- so yeah, maybe third. But no, maybe fourth, Tenebrae special.
0: What's what's what would be third if it's fourth? Tenebrae. Tenebrae. Cool. Yeah, but it's up there, man. It's so good. Jason, have you watched any of like the like the what they call the Animal Trilogy? It's like three early um, Jallow films. What is it? Uh, Four, Four flies, flies on grey
3: velvet.
4: Are you just trying to st- stump me now on Cattail films? Tales Sorry, I said it.
3: Bird with the crystal, Bird plumage. With crystal plumage.
4: I know that one just got re-released by Arrow. That's right. Coming out. That looked awesome.
0: That was probably my favorite. Bird with the crystal plumage is probably my favorite out of the out of those yeah. three. That one is awesome. Yeah.
3: Cool. Up. Opera is the one that has that sweet shot of the guy shooting somebody through uh, the peephole. Yes, where yeah. you see the bullet smash through the peephole. God, uh-huh. that's cool. Very. Also tough, got cool. that
4: bird's eye view going around the. That's some of my oh, favorite what's... stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean it's easy to it's easy to jump straight to the the needles under the needles in front of the eyeball as being the favorite moment. But like I loved all that shit where it's the it's the. Um, bird's eye view swooping through the whole theater that stuff was that stuff is incredibly shot looks so good so Terry yeah so, um, where does phenomenon rank for you on Argento now I know you haven't seen as many as the rest of us but
2: I've seen three now I believe so seen opera tenebrae and this one
0: oh you've never seen suspirio uh we got to get it on a list so you can see it next.
2: <laughs> um well i really like tenebrae that's the one but the author right is tenebrae yeah the whole i really liked that one so that'd probably be my number one and then opera is set in the opera right <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Uh, um, I, think, I think I liked Opera better than this one, too. Okay. So I'd rank it three of the three I've seen.
0: Okay. Okay, here's the bold question. I don't want to leave Argento yet. We should do an episode on Argento. Um, I can't believe you guys haven't already. I know, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Brian, I'll, I'll knock it to you. What do you think is Argento's last good
3: film? <sighs> um, Let's see. It's been a while since I've seen Stendhal Syndrome, and that seems to be the last one that people really talk about with any favor. I remember virtually nothing about it.
0: Yeah, same here. I have the DVD, but I have the trauma release,
3: so... Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mother of Tears is extremely entertaining. <laughs> it's a fucking yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean,
0: I mean, I kind of like Mother of Tears. Uh, you know, I mean, is it pale in comparison to the first, the first two in the series of the of the trilogy? Well, yeah, obviously, but I didn't think it was nearly as bad as everyone else made it out to sound. It had some really I, cool visuals in it.
3: I probably wouldn't be the best person to ask because without having his filmography in front of me i don't know the chronology of when they came out okay all right so i'd have a hard time so like i'd say one movie and then you'd be like what the fuck are you talking about these other three came after that and okay. you're stupid for not liking them more and that i'd be like oh, i'm like sorry
0: a,
1: yeah.
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> um well for well for me it's probably two evil eyes when you did the black cat segment and two Evil Eyes. That would probably be the last one for me. Although, although trauma wasn't too bad. And oh, you know, I'm looking at his filmography right here, so I'm kind of cheating. I'm gonna say fuck all that. His episode for Masters of Horror is Jennifer. That
3: was the last yeah, I was, best thing. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna ask if that was if that counted because yeah. I would have said that. you that well. Which you're talking the second season one he did with Meatloaf, Pelts. Oh, because he did two of them.
0: Yeah, I I. Peltz was good, but I really love Jennifer.
3: Yeah. Well, it's based on a Bernie Wrightson story, so yeah. That's
0: probably why I love it. <laughs> kind of want to watch that now.
3: Well, we have to finish the show first. Just oh, calm down.
0: Fuck. All right. <laughs> fine. Uh, so, did you guys. Um, well, okay. Uh, Terry said not everybody had a chance to pick. Uh, Jason, I think you're the only one who hasn't picked a movie yet.
4: Took my, um, what else did I watch? For? I I knew I should have glanced at that list. Well, the only one that's coming to mind is my least favorite one. Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> oh yeah, I did like that one. Uh, I was just <laughs>
2: uh, well, your thought the, process is really entertaining to listen uh, to. I, I bet it is. That sounds Such like sarcasm. Radio. Sarcasm. <laughs>
4: Ants fucking suck. Oh my god, that was awful. When Brian says it's awful, it means it's awful, yeah, you know?
3: right? Yeah, because I don't have any standards. No, <laughs> that movie bored the shit out of me.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was a even...
3: TV movie though, so
0: yeah, it was totally a TV movie, and I I have it on DVD. Why? It was sorry, cheap at a pawn shop. And it was before I'd ever seen it before. Oh, that'll do it.
3: Um, I saw. You know, it looks really neat if you put a DVD in the microwave.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but for the show, I watched. I watched it on YouTube for with that um, that horror
3: hostess. Like the Kmart Elvira.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it was fun. Um, but holy cow, did you watch it? Did you watch that video all the way through?
3: Yeah, I, I was... There's like a ma- half an
0: hour of stuff after the movie's over.
3: Is there really?
0: Yeah! of like I different may not and- have
3: been paying that much of attention by the end.
0: Okay. Yeah.
4: I tried to fall asleep. <laughs> so I could get <laughs> out of it. Movie so bad,
0: it wouldn't even put you to sleep.
4: It might have a little, but...
0: Terry, did you watch it too? Nope. Oh,
2: man!
4: lucky duck.
0: Dodged one! Damn it.
2: (laughs) I was going to try to watch it just before we started this episode, but I got too caught up in other things to finish it.
0: Yeah, you're not missing much. (laughs) Bernie Casey couldn't even help this movie. Tell us about the movie, though, Mike. It's about these ants. (laughs) Uh-huh. So there's this... uh, there's this like hotel that people go to for summer vacation or whatever and there's this guy who's wanting to buy the hotel all this nonsensical pointless human storyline <laughs> um, and not too far away they're 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 building something I don't even remember now and they they uncover this like this ant hill that starts killing everybody the, the uh, their bites are extremely poisonous and will kill you and then the whole hotel just gets overrun with ants and and um, they have to bring out the fire department and they build a trench around the hotel and set it on fire and
3: so here's a question did they ever in the movie? <laughs> explain that the ants were some kind of prehistoric super ant that was in hibernation six inches under the earth of a heavily used public beach or now, why, yeah. why the fuck do their bites kill people because that,
0: yeah there was no explanation of what,
3: what because while ants are related to wasps and some of them can deliver a small load of venom in a sting none of them are even remotely lethal
0: no, but it took uh it, if you remember it all in the movie, it takes uh it, it takes quite a few bites. They just all team up on you and bite you because Bernie at one point Bernie Casey gets gets uh gets bit by some of the ants and his just his like his body just goes numb for a while and then he turns out to be okay. You know, he kind of recovers from it. So it takes more than just you know, a couple of bites. The only thing is that these these things will attack you in a, in a huge group. So I'm defending ants. What the fuck?
3: Oh. Yeah, stop that! <laughs> don't, don't do that. Uh. The only nice thing I have to say about it is that it stars Robert Foxworth, who is in one of my favorite monster movies of all time, Prophecy. Oh no, shit! Yeah, the uh. the beardy guy, like the '70s curly-haired beardy guy. That's that's him. <laughs>
0: I love Prophecy Man. That movie's awesome. Prophecy Man. Prophecy. Period. Okay. <laughs> I. I was all about Suzanne Somers. That's all I gotta say.
4: I know. That's how you kept trying to talk me into watching <laughs> it. Yeah, dude. But Suzanne Somers. Yes, I know.
0: I just. I, I need to. I want. I. I need to go and do research and find out. So this came out in seventy-seven. I have to look at uh, the years now of Three's Company. Give me a minute here. Cause, well, cause like what was it? I think the second, second or third season of Three's Company. Um, she was like demanding more money, and and it turned into a big studio fight, and that's why they wrote her out of the show. But she was contracted for another season or something, so they just had her um they brought in her cousin cindy to replace her character in the apartment but then cindy would like you know would call suzanne Summers' character um chrissy and so she would have just like one or two scenes an episode over the phone so they 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 did not put up with her bullshit on
3: Three's Company. What, was it like she starred in Ants and then suddenly decided her time had arrived and started demanding <laughs> more money? Or That's not?
0: what I want to find out. That's what I'm trying to find out here. Like if, uh, if like if Ants has anything to because okay so yeah uh, she may have gotten a big head about then I don't know. By, by being in an Ants, because uh, Three's Company was in Three's Company was in 1977. I that's what I want. Uh, hand point is, this is what I want to believe. I want to believe like, hey, I'm a big time actress now. I just got this TV movie. It's called Ants, and you guys, you fuckers, are gonna have to give me more money. And then she made Ants, and and then it went to shit. Her life went to shit from there. So,
3: but she got to be in Step by Step.
0: Yep, and she was also in. Um, She's the sheriff. Remember that show? No, I've
3: never even heard of it.
0: Oh, really? Oh, yeah. From '87 to '89. Well, I guess it was only on a couple years, but it was a sitcom where she was the local sheriff, and it was a it was a family sitcom where she had this family and <laughs> blah blah blah. Oh,
3: did it have a lot of killer
0: bugs in it? I wish. Wonder if they did an episode about killer bugs? That'd be cool. I forgot about I forgot about Step by Step actually. Good good shout out there.
3: That was on for seven <laughs> no, seasons. No, so it Jesus. wasn't. Don't. I watched Step by Step. I thought it was oh, cool. So so did I. To my great shame. <laughs> the whole TGIF lineup.
0: With uh, was it Patrick Duffy? Was that the? yeah
1: Yeah.
0: Fuck yeah. <laughs> So this is how Bad Ants is, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking about uh, 80s sitcoms.
2: We do that all the time.
0: That's true. Alright, so let's move on from Ants. There's really nothing else to talk about. Sorry I wasted everybody's time with that, putting that
3: on the list. (laughs) Hey, if nothing else, we got to experience another regional horror host oddity that probably none of us would ever have heard of before, so...
0: True, true, and I'm kind of wanting to watch some more of her stuff. You know what the, my favorite parts were? Like, I don't know if this show is just a YouTube streaming show that she does, if it's just an online show.
3: It looked older than that, though, but didn't it? You're I, right. I it, it did looked look- like something that was taped off a of TV in the 80s or 90s.
0: It did, but I wonder if those those moments were also just like, because as, as the movie goes on, they'd go to commercial breaks. But if you notice, all the commercials were retro commercials, and the, every commercial was based around ants. They ha, they would show like uh-huh. old raid commercials. They would show a commercial for the to- for the for the game Ants in the Pants. Um, <laughs> there was a a shitty toy line in the late eighties, early nineties called uh, uh, what was it called? Like Commando Ants or something like that. These little army men, but they were ants,
3: and there was a commercial for that. Like, all of them were ant-themed. I think by the point I would have started noticing that a combination of alcohol and complete disinterest in the movie had (laughs) (laughs) drawn my attention away from the screen.
0: So I think everything other than the stuff that she was in was just, like, stuff they, like, found Hmm. and put in. So I don't know if any of that was, uh, was actually... Really, part of the show. I I wonder, just wonder if it's just a YouTube show, which is fine. And that was my favorite part, just all these like commercials, and they were all ant-themed. I thought it was hilarious. All right, so we can so moving on. Um, Stung. That's the other one I wanted to. I did watch.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good.
2: <laughs> I liked it. It was fun. Absolutely. I actually I watched this for one of our year-end episodes, I think recently. It wasn't for this episode, but it was yeah. fun.
0: Yeah, I um yeah, for 2015 probably. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when it came out. Um but I remember there was uh some internet, there was some uh, online there was some online buzz about this when it came out <laughs> and I never got a, a chance to uh he didn't even it. know he
1: punned it. Yeah.
0: I know. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah. the thing, though, with this is, like, they don't ever explain where these, like, monstrous bugs come from either, do they?
2: Who cares? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, people, everybody seemed to give a shit when it was
3: ants. <laughs> Yeah, they yeah. they explained it. Clifton Collins Jr. and his mom were experimenting with pesticides, and they uh, uh, yeah. wound up being a, some sort of horrific gene splicing thing instead.
0: Oh shit! Really? I totally yeah, missed that. Right. Oh, I totally missed that. Oh, it's got Lance Hendrickson in it. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Anytime you got Lance Hendrickson, you know it's always good. In a weird ass role.
4: I mean, Isn't just he, like the, the mayor
0: or something. Yeah,
2: something.
3: Just yeah, he's a politic like a local politician. You know, might be a mayor, state senator, something like it that. Just,
4: it was a scotch character, caricature maybe of a character. I don't hmm. know.
3: I actually really like the way that character is written because you always expect that uh-huh. type of character to be a complete scumbag. Yeah, and then it turns out he's not. Like that one of the things I like the most about this movie isn't the awesome practical bug effects, which are awesome.
1: yeah,
3: but just how well it's written, how all the characters get an arc. yep, at least the the important, you know the main ones anyway, like their their interactions are very real, and they're not just ciphers. You find out things about them. They're multi-dimensional characters. And you don't really get that a lot in this type of movie. Even in a horror comedy that's really, really funny, A lot of the times you don't get really good ongoing characterization that unfolds throughout the movie and this one you do like you know and he's talking about how he's he's giving encouragement to the the main guy you know what sometimes what it takes to be a man and then you find out you know he says at one point he had an opportunity and was was a coward and regrets that it's like it Humanizes that the generic slimy politician character. You kind of expect him to just start acting like the mayor in Jaws,
1: but yeah. and then he
3: sacrifices himself to save them, and he gets and he gets his moment to not be a coward at the end, and that's awesome.
0: Yes, yeah. I totally agree. I like it when they when they take like a you know a, char- a character that you assume is going to be one one way just because just because that's what you see every single time and they put a big twist on it like that very cool so basically this movie there there's this party out in this like uh, this big fancy out in rural countryside this big fancy house or whatever uh having this party um our lead in the movie, I believe the character's name is Julia. It's her catering company that is catering it, and her and her kind of uh, goofball assistant who better not screw this up for her. That's right. <laughs> um, it's putting this on, and then like, um, the, these like giant killer wasps, um. Like, start attacking and kind of turns into like a little bit of Night of the Living Dead there for a little bit, where people, you know, barricade themselves up in the house and just chaos bugness ensues.
2: <laughs> this movie reminds me a lot of a Doctor Who episode.
1: Aww.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you beat brian to it i did (laughs) which episode
2: (laughs) well there's no there's just there's an agatha christie episode with giant wasps is all you know obvious connection (laughs) it's not a subtle one at all (laughs) just giant (laughs) wasps (laughs) yeah good story doctor who woo
0: so what'd you like about it jason Uh,
4: I liked the dude. I thought he was funny.
2: (laughs) The waiter guy? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he was good.
4: I mean, it was a little forced at first, but, like, I liked him. I thought he was funny. Um, I kinda, you know, it was the effects were cool. It was, you know, nice and gory and, uh, and slimy and gross and I mean m- maybe somewhat typical but s- story wise I mean it was a good story like Brian said cuz you know characters had arcs so that doesn't always happen in the movies we watch yeah but um I don't know I just had fun with it I just thought it was fun
1: cool yeah
0: yeah I mean it's nothing
2: I like it,
4: and it wasn't like glaringly bad it was no it was, it was just a fun watch it was a fun fun little movie that was done pretty well and had a lot of cool sh- shit that happened. Totally worth a watching. Good,
0: and a good Yeah, mi- and that
2: one's on Netflix, right?
0: Yes, yep. that one's non Netflix. Been on Netflix for a while, so hopefully it'll stay on there for a while too. And uh, you know, I, somebody mentioned the effects, but uh, yeah, I thought the the creature effects looked really good, and they had a great mix between practical and CGI that that worked really well.
3: So in a movie like this. And the practical effects were so good. Like I I thought they were awesome. Mm -hmm. I think they could have gotten away, because the movie is such a silly, tongue-in-cheek horror comedy anyway, with using those practical effects and turning them into matte shots for the scenes of them flying, and it actually would have served to heighten the comedy, because they would have had these great, gory, up-close, interacting-with-people scenes of the monsters that look really good, and then, since a lot of the flying stuff, especially at the end, serves to be funny anyway, even if the mat shots looked shitty, it would have just added to the comedy of the movie. I think they should have gone completely practical with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Maybe the only place you wouldn't have been able to pull that off is the, the end where they take the queen out, when she's on fire and they crash the truck. Yeah. But, like for the, f- the fucking cow wasps at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because the, the, the wasps in this movie, for if that doesn't make any sense to the people who are listening who haven't seen it, the wasps in this movie are, are a good deal like the xenomorphs from the alien movies where they take on some of the physical characteristics of whatever they come out of. Because if you get stung by one of the regular wasps, then a, one will gestate within you in about five minutes and rip its way out of you and it You know the ones that when they sting a human, the ones that come out of the people are human-sized. At one point, a dog gets gacked, and it's you know not as big. And then at the end, so it's
2: like what's that Blood Glacier movie? It's like yeah, oh yeah, basically.
3: And at the end, uh, you just when you think everything is safe, a cow's head falls out of the sky, (laughs) (laughs) and and, and they and look up, and there's this flock of enormous wasps with jingling cowbells on their necks. <laughs> yeah. Didn't they
0: have udders on them too? Yeah,
3: and they're and they're patterned black and white. I forget what breed of cow that is that has that black and white pattern on it, but
2: Yeah, something with an H.
3: Holstein.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but, I think that's right. Yeah.
3: Anyway, yeah.
4: Cows are wild here farm. too. They're not just in zoos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely fun.
1: Yeah,
0: definitely fun. All right, what else? Kind of Rain Man like there. Isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely fun. Yeah, definitely, fine, it definitely fun.
3: <laughs> Kmart sucks, Mike.
0: <laughs> well, okay. Okay. There's only one other from the <laughs> list that I that I got a chance to watch for the episode, and that is bees.
2: Oh, I, fr- I did watch that. one. Yay. Oh,
0: good, good. Because um, this one is probably my favorite one out of all off, off of the whole list.
3: I loved this movie. It is an enormous amount of fun.
0: <laughs> so I'll run it down. Um, so Jerry Seinfeld is the voice of this bee, right? And. Uh. That I watched the wrong movie.
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> uh, oh shit! I think I watched the wrong movie. Uh, so Brian, <laughs> why don't you tell us
3: about bees? <laughs> well, how about a little science first?
1: <laughs> that excites
3: everybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really. In the early 1950s, a biologist named Warwick Kerr crossbred several species of European honeybee with the African honeybee in an attempt to create a new species of bee more suited to the hot climates of South and Central America than the various European varieties then being used across the Americas. Tropical environments tend to slow down European bees, being accustomed to more temperate conditions, and restricted their productivity. The experiment worked, and Cares Africanized honeybee hybrids could function perfectly well in conditions that would keep European species huddled in their hives and produced a significantly larger amount of honey as a result. In October of 1957, a visiting beekeeper removed the queen excluder screens from the Apis mellifera hives because he thought they were inf- interfering with the workers' ability to move around and do their work. Is there going to be a test? Yep.
2: He's done a review on this, if you couldn't tell.
3: Yeah. You're going to want something, damn it! (laughs) 26 queens escaped quarantine with swarms, and the Africanized bees quickly spread across South and Central America. And because the hybrids were able to breed with any European variety, many hives were taken over either by a forced invasion... Where Apis mellifera swarms entered European hives and killed their queens, or by drones joining mating flights and impregnating European queens, the result of which almost is always Africanized offspring. For the next 20 years, Apis mellifera spread across South and Central America, earning a reputation for ferocity that far outstripped its reputation for making shitloads of honey. Africanized bees guard their hives much more aggressively and in a much wider defense zone than other kinds of bees, and they also designate a greater number of guards than other species. They're easily agitated, they react poorly to even small amounts of stress, and they will chase perceived threats up to half a mile from their hive before they give up. They attack and sting in such great numbers that even people who aren't prone to allergic reactions from stings can suffer hypertension and even respiratory and renal failure resulting in death. A killer bee attack will pump you so full of venom that it will overload your kidneys and kill you. So, of course, Hollywood loves a big scare, right? So everyone started making killer bee movies. Yeah. And this is one of the first ones. It, uh, it follows... Oh, excuse me, sorry. John Saxon and uh, John Carradine play scientists who are trying to stop the killer bees that have escaped. Uh, in in this particular instance, and they're so much fun to watch. Oh yeah, their their chemistry is just fantastic.
0: Well, and then also, um, what what's her name? Um, Angel Tompkins. Angel Tompkins. Uh, she plays the wife of um, of this guy that is uh, in charge of these these killer bees. For this company down in south africa was it
3: no it's, it's in south america
0: oh south america sorry and um yeah south okay and uh and the locals well one of one of the locals tries to uh, steal the honey and gets killed by the killer bees so so for the people from the local village like tried burn down the house and and ends up the her husband gets killed and she brings the queen, ba- the, the queen back to the United States to, uh, to have uh, these scientists continue their work on it. So it's the three of them throughout a good chunk of this movie, and, it's, and it's, it focuses a lot on these three characters. There's way more of that than, than B-action in this movie. But who cares? I and mean, Just the three of them, it, it feels like there's moments where they were just allowed to do and say what they wanted in the movie and they all just look like they just had such a great time together the rapport between the three is fascinating to watch in this movie
3: yeah and the the guy that she is married to at the beginning of the movie who dies when the villagers uh, attack their their plantation is a an actor named Claudio Brook and he was a highly respected Mexican actor he could speak flawless english and the fact that he th- that makes the fact that he talks to the villagers in this ridiculous accented pigeon English like yelling at them really slowly so that they understand him even funnier because he's talking to these Mexican villagers so here's this respected Mexican actor who can speak Spanish (laughs) fluently obviously because he's from there yeah just shouting at them I'm trying to make devil be good (laughs) be it's like what the fuck dude uh,
0: that's awesome. That's good to know. I didn't like his and, hair in this movie, though. That bugged me.
3: <laughs> yeah, he had <laughs> some you. pretty amazing hair. Yeah. So, he was working for some company. We'll just call him Conhugeco Honey International Enterprises Holdings Limited. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is uh, to, to kind of tame the killer bees so that they could harvest more honey. And... Once he's dead and they find out that uh, uh, oh God what I can't think of what Saxon's name like I just kept calling him John Saxon I can't even think of his name that's all you
0: need to know um, uh,
3: John Norman yeah. there you go yes thank you yeah
0: another time another instance of the actor going by his first name
3: yeah and uh, John Carradine is Sigmund Hummel that's right I just can't yeah. remember what Angel Tompkins character's name is but when they find out that they're working on this problem they kind of try to hire him sort of, I but I mean, they it's pretty obvious they're kind of shady characters so they're just trying to work to stop the bees yeah. to, to find out some way to shut down their reproduction or something so that they'll go away and the bees set up, once they get loose in the states, they set up shop next to this huge radio antenna, kind of like one of the search for extraterrestrial intelligence antennas and uh, like a radio telescope kind of thing And they talk very briefly about how much radiation that thing gives off and that it could have unforeseen effects on the bees' genetics, and then they never mention it again yeah, until the end (laughs) (laughs) when it turns out the bees are intelligent and they can talk. Yep. Oh, that third
0: act was insane because, again there for a while like again i was really enjoying the interaction between the three leads you know that was fun to watch and i kind of almost forgot about the bees at one point you know what i mean right. and then they would just kind of like work in like some random bee attacks and then it, and then it's like okay we gotta stop these bees and then it seems like they do stop them and then it turns into this big corporate conspiracy where john um uh, john carradine's character gets assassinated and and, uh, but then when the third act hits, especially right at, well, especially right after when, um, John Carradine gets killed, you know, all shit cuts, you know, just the shit hits the fan, the bees just start swarming and attacking everywhere. And then you, then it comes, it comes to find out that like, yeah, they, they, they can communicate and, um, and, and again, it's another movie where the insects have taken over the world. You know, John Saxon and and, um, Angel Tompkins um, are at uh, the UN and the bees invade the UN and basically just tell them like, you know, you're going to work for us or you're dead meat, you know. So fucking crazy. It's awesome.
3: (laughs) (laughs) One of my absolute favorite scenes in this movie is when uh, Dr. Hummel is showing Dr. Norman, uh, Carradine showing Saxon the little robotic bee he invented that can act as a translator so that he can talk to them because you know bees communicate by doing little dances in their hives and the camera zooms out from the the electronic bee and it's on this little platter with a couple of regular bees and it zooms out and there's Angel Tompkins standing there holding this platter of bees and she starts making these goofy fucking faces at the camera for (laughs) no apparent reason at all and then blows a kiss and uh, and Saxon and Carradine both react to it at the same time. And Carradine goes, oh, nonsense, that, that kiss was meant for me. And Saxon <laughs> goes, well, that's just adding incest to injury.
1: <laughs> I
0: love that
3: line. Oh, this movie is just awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, and if, if you know... If, like, what we've told you about the movie doesn't sell you, you should have been sold right off the bat just by the fact that we said it's got John Saxon in it, right? I mean, come on. it's John fucking Saxon.
3: And, you know, for me, it's, it's the other John that's the selling point. I've, I think I've mentioned several times on here before. I'm a huge John Carradine fan. I'll watch anything he's in, even if it's just a little cameo thing. He just never fails to entertain me. There's something about him that I just love. And I think he's the real star of this movie
0: i i agree with you i totally agree with you and what's great and you and i uh, chatted about this when i was watching it um and just how like you could just tell he's having a blast making this movie it's towards it's towards the end of his life it's definitely um you know kind of in the latter half of his career when he's just kind of reverted to like you know cameo appearances and and just showing up for a day or a week's worth of work and now he gets to be the star again and you could just tell he's just having the time of his life and so it's great to see that at the same time it also makes me sad to sit there and watch him where he can't even pick up a fork because his hands yeah. are so crippled with arthritis
3: right and, and i uh, i think isn't that part of the reason that he had kind of reverted to doing a lot of day player jobs at this point just because he couldn't yeah. He couldn't stand to be on set that long because he was in so much pain all the time. Yep. But he just he glows with like the energy of a much younger man in this movie. His eyes have this twinkle in them. There's a spring in his step, and he gives all his dialogue in this cartoonish German accent, and he just has this smile on his face the whole time. It's like, god, this is so great to see this amazing character actor who had this huge career across decades Mm -hmm. who is you know kind of winding down to essentially almost being a cripple yeah but here he gets like one last hurrah to be you know front and center and and he gives such a fun performance god this movie's great (laughs) absolutely jason you saw it too
4: no it's the one i really 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 tried to get to and i didn't get to oh okay
0: uh, then Terry. Shudder, right? Was it you that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, on Shudder, I think,
2: yeah. Yeah, it was on Shudder.
0: Okay. And you you got a chance to watch it, Terry?
2: Yeah, I did. What'd you think? I enjoyed it. I think John Carradine was one of my favorite parts, too. He's just a fun character. Not that I don't love John Saxon, because he is also awesome. I really liked the uh, sound of the bees. Like oh, I'm trying to even remember. Like when I was watching it, I was cracking up. It was like humans being bees in the background or something.
3: <laughs> Just going <laughs> into a yeah, microphone. <laughs> yeah,
2: basically. It was awesome. Um I'm trying to remember the very end, like when they're in that conference and it I was the
0: it, it was the UN, right? I'm not crazy.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like it seemed like it had it cut off at a weird point or something when I was watching it, but that was like the That's, only thing.
0: Yeah, it does kind of feel like it abruptly ends, if I remember right, too. Uh, yeah. But, because, like...
2: But it was fitting, they're, too.
0: They're all just, like, not believing anything John Saxon and Angel Tompkins are telling them about the bees, and then the bees come crashing through the fucking windows, and everybody starts panicking, and there's bees everywhere, and John Saxon's like, stop, 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 just listen, you know? And everybody just kind of stops and, and you know, in long the short of it, the bees, they're not attacking, they're just hanging out and basically telling them, it's like, it's our world now, yeah. you guys are going to work for us. <laughs> and that was awesome!
3: And I love that, because some of the swarming effects are, I would say, a little better than those in Phenomena. Some of the stuff in this movie yeah. actually looks pretty decent for what a minuscule budget they must have had. Yeah.
2: But oh, yeah, I thought it looked way better than those weird black dot swarms <laughs> and phenomena. Oh,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Even though sometimes <laughs> it still looked like somebody was just throwing cornflakes in front of the camera. Lens, but.
2: <laughs> yeah, Yeah, that's
3: <laughs> what I was going to say. When, <laughs> when the bees have to actually interact with people, it looks like what they did was had a giant-ass industrial size fan yep. and bags full of crumbled-up cork. <laughs>
1: just... <laughs>
3: Yep. those were ridiculous and then of course all the actors flail around quite enthusiastically selling the cork bees as much as oh, they yeah. can yeah
2: I had total flashbacks to filming the the trailer for gnats <laughs> when I was watching this I'm like I see a lot of what you know that that kind of uh, tone and whatnot in this movie albeit this one was supposed to be more serious than <laughs> What nats would have that,
0: been? You think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you? Okay, so I have to ask. So John Saxon's first scene in this movie. First of all, I just got to get this out of the way. Yeah, you guys are expecting it from me, but Angel Tompkins was super hot in this movie. Um, <clears throat> but
2: is his, that is that three or four of this this episode? <laughs> Sorry.
0: Oh, I need a date. Anyway, um. <laughs> So she shows up at his at his apartment, and and you know she had just gotten mugged, and it was a great scene where she gets mugged. They take her. Uh, she's getting on the elevator, and these guys follow her into the into the building, and they get on the elevator too, and they mug her and take her like suitcase and this case, which has got the bees in it. And the elevator door closes, and they t- they open up their findings, and like they get attacked and killed by these bees. And then she just comes and takes her case back. <coughs> and um, so she shows up all, you know, all just war- you know, beaten down by being mugged at John Saxon's apartment. So he offers to put her up for the night and stuff. And then it's the next morning. And he's doing some freaking Tai Chi, you know, Kung Fu morning workout shit <coughs> in in a Bruce Lee style jumpsuit and she comes walking out of the bedroom wearing what looks to be like a kimono robe and i'm like <laughs> so enter the dragon was 1972 bees was 1977 was this scene a, was this scene a coincidence or was this like a nod to uh to uh his to john saxon's uh, kung fu styles and enter the dragon almost certainly it was Oh, and we have a very special, um...
3: Oh, he's special. The, the, the oh he's special. He's special. I'm beyond special. <laughs> the bees are here, and they sound yep. like John, and they're telling us to listen to them.
5: The important thing is, you said John Saxon, and I appeared. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not as cool as him, but uh, you said the magic words. So, John, John Sa- Saxon.
0: John Stalter finally, uh uh grace this was his present see i didn't accidentally grace,
1: intro
0: him grace. I, I still gave you an intro at the beginning of the episode john just so you know
5: what what was yours was let me find good. it again do it again got them all i mean it doesn't really matter just, what should i bring out for the for the show
0: um I, yeah the the part is is like yours i think was probably the best out of all of them so okay here was your intro when he was in his larval state, he looked just the same but without his beard. Or his
1: penis.
0: Wait or his penis. John Stalter, everybody. Oh
5: that's You saw my baby photos, didn't you? <laughs> uh. So I, talk- got, I gotta quit sending those to you. Yeah.
0: So we're talking bees from
5: 1978. Have you seen this one, John? Oh yeah, dude! This movie rules. Ah, cool. It was Brian a win that you win. Uh, wanted me to see this really bad, and uh, well, it's Vinegar Syndrome put out the Blu-ray, so of course That's I bought cool, it. Man. But uh, yeah, I fucking love this movie. Oh, <laughs> it's got an oddly bleak ending. I don't know if we've gotten that far yeah. the conversation, but it's just. It, well, it's great because it's John Saxon being John Saxon, you know, being a badass and smart, but it's <laughs> yeah, just got one of those rare 70 70s, well, I shouldn't even say rare, because a lot of endings in the 70s were pretty fucking bleak.
2: Which is like my favorite kind of ending. I need, I need to watch more 70s movies, apparently. Oh, but yes. This, I this like this one, unhappy endings. I don't know what this says about me. I mean... Jesus Christ! We
5: are having a conversation with bees—a session uh, uh, on whether we should exist or not. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, I really think we should not exist. But that's that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. But it's oh, it's such a good movie. I mean, it's it's goofy, it's fun, it's out there, it's pure fucking seventies. Yeah. Oh.
3: There's cool. nothing wrong with you, Terry. I love bleak endings, too. And the 70s are a wasteland of bleakness.
1: <laughs>
5: oh, that's, that's all it is. Everything about the bees is, is fantastic.
4: Including the knees. No. Uh. No, oh. no! No!
5: No! Uh. No. <laughs> no! My bad. I will leave the show right now.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but you just got My cursor here.
5: is over the... Nope, fuck Jason button. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, buddy. Just yep. Everybody, yeah, has like that, the- everybody has that Williams. button
4: installed on their computer now. <laughs> I,
5: I got connections on, on Skype.
0: <laughs> so the directors of Bees also did um, Demonoid...
3: I may have to see Demonoid now.
0: I'm trying to remember. Demonoid, Messenger of Death from 1981. I watched it for another show that we did, but I can't remember anything about the movie now.
3: Is that the one with George Kennedy and the Bigfoot?
0: Uh, Let me check.
3: I know that he shot two versions of this movie simultaneously, similar to the 1931 Universal Dracula where he shot a an English-language version and then a Spanish-language version back-to-back. Yeah, he's a because, Spanish mm, director, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because he apparently thought that a crappy dub job would harm the movie's credibility.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I know which demonoid you're talking about. It's, it's it's a shit fest. Yeah,
0: I know I've watched it, it's, but I don't it's remember anything about this.
5: it. I... Vinegar Syndrome put it out. Um, I honestly don't remember much about it either. It ju- it re- really was forgettable. Oh, it had <laughs> to do poster. with like
0: I remember now. It had to do with this. It was like kind of like Idled Hands, where guys hands possessed by this demon, and then yeah. you, and then you cut it off to possess somebody else.
5: Still not good.
0: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that good. But like I said cool poster. Yeah, that's which is literally why I bought it. It is it is a fucking cool poster. Very metal.
5: Which is once again why I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably.
0: <laughs> oh cool. We all we all done about talking about bees. Is yeah. there any others we want to discuss or John we uh covered a good chunk of the list and if there's any well, of them that you probably want to lay in Well, discussed
5: everything that I well, Bees really was the one that I loved.
0: Well, good. I'm glad you got in time to talk about that. Um, but, you know, I can open it up to you if there's any of them from the list that we've already talked about. Do you want to put your two cents in?
5: I hate bugs. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Every last. A- any scene involving bugs? hate them.
4: It's like in <laughs> show with the
3: Oh, yeah. With the sure, that be Yeah. I think he's just glad that he showed up late enough to miss Professor Nerdlinger's science lesson. <laughs> Nerd!
0: Yeah, we got some
3: science about about bees. And, and I can hear how thrilled you are about that in your voice.
5: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I fell asleep for a couple seconds there. What were we talking about? Something, something about science and learning? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a Trump supporter. Uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, All right. Well, <laughs>
0: any other any other films we want to discuss?
5: Well, you know, there's I'm sure there's a lot that I missed. So,
0: yeah. Well, I mean like, well, let's see what we which ones did we talk about. We talked about Ants. Um Never Saw. We all I agreed don't. that that was the worst. That's the this <laughs> one. Don't. Yeah, so it's bad. It Says
5: I can see it.
0: Uh, we talked about Empire of the Ants. Uh, we talked about Stung.
5: Uh, oh, wait, is that is that the 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 recent movie with? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I did not like that movie. Oh, what? really? Yeah. Why? I it, I really was hoping for I don't know more comedy, but it just didn't work for me. Okay. I'm probably the only one on the, the podcast that didn't like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's okay. <laughs> Notice how I
4: wasn't shocked when John didn't like something.
5: <laughs> oh, John something. John hates everything. Well, yeah.
4: <laughs> it's John, have
5: you met? <laughs> Hi, my name is John. Uh, whatever movie you like on the podcast, guess what? <laughs> Bad news.
0: Uh, we also talked about Phenomena.
5: Do, 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 do. <laughs> I really want to fuck with Brian, but like that was the worst movie I've ever seen. He <laughs> <laughs> also knows I'm lying because you know Argento. <laughs> like,
6: That's
0: right. Where does it fall? We all kind of went through our like top Argento films. Where does it, where does Phenomenon fall for you?
6: I really,
5: I mean, I really do like it, but uh, I'd say maybe top five, but it'd be in the bottom. Okay. No, I mean nothing against the film. It's just no. I really like Tenebrae. I really like Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Like, there's so many movies of his. I, it's his early stuff. Well, the stuff '70s and '80s stuff. I really love. Yeah. Uh, after that, not so much. But I did yeah. also
0: pose the question: What you thought his last good film was?
5: Oh shit! Oh god! <laughs> And that just made my brain hurt. Uh, get back to me next episode. Okay. All right. That's a that's a tough one, actually. I mean, that's good, good question. Uh, we
0: also talked about mimic, and we also talked about Color. what's that?
5: Color I fucking love that movie.
0: Yeah. And phase four. Have you seen it?
5: Phase four. Oh, yeah. I actually uh about. Brian, what's the company that was releasing the soundtrack on vinyl? Phase four. Yeah, uh, waxwork. So when they announced that they were going to release it, I just happened to find a copy of the DVD at half price books for like you know like five bucks or whatever. So I bought it, and I really loved the movie. Great soundtrack, really cool movie. I mean, definite definite slow burn, but
0: yeah,
5: it's been a while since I've watched it, but I really liked it. Like that's that's a good fucking flick, and I highly recommend it to people.
0: Awesome. So the two people that I have watched it on the show, highly recommend it. So
5: <laughs> <laughs> really? Just me and Brian?
0: Yeah, I, we well, could Jason not find a good... The... Oh, yeah, you watched yeah. the MST3K version.
5: What the fuck?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Uh,
5: fuck this show, I'm out.
0: <laughs> we couldn't find a decent copy otherwise. I really want to see it. I think I, you probably would.
3: Yeah. That beware of that DVD, if it's the same one I'm thinking of, John, oh, like, that has, it's not the the original Saul Bass cover, it's just mm-hmm. like a, a black background with a red ant
5: yeah, in the middle uh, of
3: it,
1: because have...
3: that is the worst fucking pan and scan butcher job yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Dude, Do not me. buy that DVD. Make sure you get the Olive Films Blu-ray if you're going to get it, because that's well, the way I, to see yeah. it.
5: Yeah, that's the version I need. Cool, and then I think that was
0: about it. Oh, we talked about Empire of the Ants, if I didn't say that already. No. And that and that covered everything. Um I had a couple there was a couple others on our list that I know I didn't get a chance to watch. Them, which I've seen a dozen times already anyway, um so um, but it's it's probably one of my it's probably hands down, I think, one of the best of the like post atomic age sci-fi horror giant creature movies from the 50s american creature movie from the 50s
5: it's a giant something
0: oh you're not a fan of them
5: actually i don't know i've never seen it oh okay i'm just being a dick (laughs) why not that's that's my thing
0: gotcha um and then like we couldn't find a copy of Tick's in time to watch for the show. That's so. a shame
3: because that used to be on cable and satellite a lot when my parents first got satellite, so I got to see it a bunch of times because, you know, when you first get a, a hookup of programming like that, you get everything for free for, like, three months or whatever. And I remember Tick, I can't remember if it was HBO or Showtime or one of them. But Tix used to be on all the fucking time. So I've seen, I saw that movie like five times in the course of a year, and then I (laughs) haven't seen it again since, but I remember it being great. Yeah, see. Like just cheesy, silly, fun, cool, practical monster effects. It's got Clint Howard in it. Can't go wrong with that.
5: Uh, Oh, hell yeah.
0: And see, when I came, when we decided on this title and I was coming up with the list, um, The first two movies that went on the list was um, Tix and Phase 4, because I knew I wanted to see them. And the two I didn't get to see for this fucking episode. so Bummer. I'm
4: excited for a Scream Factory release of Slither coming out soon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That'll be cool. I love that movie, too.
4: Mainly because I don't think I have it yet. So then I'll get to have a good version for my first version.
0: I've got the original DVD of it. Yeah. But.
4: DVD.
5: That is a good movie. Yep. Yeah.
0: Alright, so anything else we want to add before we uh take a break, come back and do some segments
3: or
5: no, Brian still sucks.
3: <laughs> Jesus like <laughs> this asshole in here. <laughs>
5: Love you buddy. <laughs>
4: I feel itchy now, though. That's all I know. I'll
3: talk about bugs.
5: You too? I think it's oh, just
4: being
3: around John.
4: That could
5: be it. <laughs> again, because. Why is it just in from the I crotch?
3: <laughs> it's the beard hairs they tickle.
2: <laughs> okay. Everybody,
5: I loved a woman that wasn't clean. What? <laughs> right?
2: You guys shouldn't have been sword fighting. <laughs>
5: <laughs> a what to do in the middle of fucking walmart <laughs> oh.
0: Oh. okay so let's uh let's take a break and come back and do some segments Yeah,
5: the dick fighting in walmart
0: <laughs> all right
3: we, we'll be back right after this maybe good evening it's intermission time our service is friendly and quick you'll find hot dogs hamburgers pizza your favorite candies hot and cold beverages and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight. We hope you'll come to see us often. It's great to get out to the movies.
6: Hey, horror fans! This is Mike, one of your troop leaders over at the Horror Scouts podcast. I, with my co-hosts Brian and Nick, want to invite you to check out our show. We post new episodes twice a month that include movie reviews and general discussions about horror. So, whether we're handing out merit badges for things like writing, directing, and gore, or just talking around the campfire, we'd love for you to join us. Head over. horrorscouts.com for more info and subscribe to us on itunes by searching horror scouts podcast you can also find us along with all the other awesome shows on the phantom podcast network at downrightcreepy.com and if you prefer social interaction over spending time with the bodies hidden in your shed (laughs) reach out to us on instagram and twitter with at horror so grab your headphones and wrap a bloody bandana around your neck it's time to sign up and be a horror scout
3: Badasses, boobs, and body counts is a weekly podcast that discusses grindhouse and exploitation cinema. Your three hosts: Mike, it's a quick <laughs> thank you. Come
5: again. Not racist at all. Mark, if you bend over and you have what is essentially a pubic cottontail coming out of the crack of your ass, you need to do some goddamn grooming.
2: And listener favorite, Iris, I not have sex with that horse. <laughs>
3: will make you question your own political
6: correctness while laughing at theirs. Episodes drop every Sunday and can be found by searching BB and BC Podcasts via Lipson, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music,
3: and iHeartRadio. You can also listen to episodes directly from the show's website
6: at Hey, everybody, this is Wayne. This is Zip. Lori. Brian. Doug. And we're the Necronomicast, a weekly horror podcast brought to you by us, horror fans for you, horror fans. We talk about movies, books, celebrity interviews, your mom.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you want me to say.
6: Necronomicast. Uh, we also talk about streaming movies, new movies, as well as news in horror. And that's just a sample of what you'll get on the Necronomicast. <laughs> Did we say horror movies? Visit us at Necronomicast.com, Also visit us on Facebook. And, and on, on iTunes and all that. Necronomicast. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll scare the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Visit us at Neconomicast dot com for more madness and horror and blood. We're good.
1: <laughs> <How are> you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we're back. No, we finally got along enough pause to insert the <laughs> <laughs> I said insert. No. Oh no!
1: Oh.
5: You should have
0: said insert, but that's
1: <sighs>
0: okay. So let's do some segments. We'll start off with, uh, with uh, as we always do, with some shoutouts.
3: It's time for shoutouts. shout-outs!
4: Alrighty. What are your favorite bug insect-related horror movies? Here we go. Nightmare Junkhead first. Who are those guys?
0: Ah, they're a pretty cool podcast on our um, network that we belong to, the Phantom Podcast Network. That's right. These guys are cool dudes. A couple of cool dudes. That's right. You even got to hang out with them. Got
4: to see them live. Yep. Check them out. Anyway, so they say, I'm a big fan of Argento's... Creepers and they're creeping up on you. Segment from Creep Show. I guess a creepy double feature. Teresa Clark says them. She spelled it wrong. I know, she was, she was more like it, them. But it's really them! 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 She didn't see that version, I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Murphy, who's that guy?
6: Ooh, badass boobs, body counts.
4: They're going to cut that out and that'll be their new theme song. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Mike Murphy from Badass Booze and Body Count says, Love me some slither. Slugs is pretty fun as well, even though that shit would never happen. Wait, what? Would it? Slugs don't have teeth
1: and no. that, in that movie, guy there's a,
0: there's the scene close, there's a scene of a slug and it opens his mouth up it's got like freaking human teeth
3: and that's the scary part if you think if you think that movie's doofy you should read the book it's based on oh the fact that there's a move <laughs> there's a
0: book on that movie all right awesome
1: I'll oh, book, book came
0: first <laughs> status.
4: Derek Y rather says slither night of the creeps. And Ticks with Seth Green. Nice. Max Falkingham says, Slither is great fun. I'm also a sucker for slugs
0: and squirm. I debated on putting squirm on this list. I love that movie. You do? Oh, I do.
1: Okay.
0: Come on, Killer Worms.
4: I know. It follows
0: all the things you
4: love about these terrible movies.
3: It's got one of the coolest (laughs) posters. Yeah, I've ever seen. I, I actually have the theatrical one sheet for that movie. Was it? Oh, what if because a! Because the poster is way better than the Y'all are movie. A bunch of weirdos.
5: Yeah. Oh yeah, by a long shot.
0: <laughs> the scene when they're on the boat and the guy's got the the worms digging into his skin. I'm trying to remember, I think it might have been Rick Baker that did that effect. Oh my! Yeah. Everybody Which starts. Which where somewhere. the whole budget of the movie went yeah. was that <laughs> one fucking that one fucking effect. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of worms. Yep. Up next, we
4: got uh, what?
0: Oh, what? I thought I heard Terry start to talk.
2: Oh, I was just—I I was starting to talk. <laughs> uh. Sense it. Are slugs technically like insects, though? Like no, oh, they're well, like we invertebrate go. little creatures, but I don't. Oh, whatever. They're creepy and crawly, I guess. But
0: science uh, nerds. Brian, <laughs> clarify,
5: yeah brian likes likes them crawling over his body, so close
3: uh, all right, off the top of my head, I could not tell you the family of creatures they are from, but no, they are not insects,
5: yeah, he still likes them on his body, just not okay. in the same fashion.
4: up next, we have <laughs> Tina Schmidt, it's her first time ah. commenting, she says, not ants, ants is awesome. this, I can say with certainty. <laughs> Yeah, we tried watching that and it was terrible. Steve Vessel says, "Matinee." Anybody?
0: Mant. There's the um it, when the the fake movie within the movie is Mant, and so yes, Mant. And Matinee is an awesome movie. Okay. Woo. Emily Cross says, "Swarm." Didn't
4: really talk about that one.
0: No, and I debated on putting it on the li- putting it on the list, but you know, we already had bees and we're talking with Brian, you said that was way better choice than Swarm.
3: Even though I really like yes. Swarm. Sure. Corey? Michael Caine and his fabulous IB. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Corey Ferguson <sighs> says
0: Arachnophobia. See, and we did a spiders episode, right?
5: Yeah. Right. yeah. Either think- way, fuck arachnophobia. Uh, who cares when we did it? That, fuck that, that movie. That movie, that uh, fuck that. Gone is up. like one of the few movies that actually gives me the willies. Huh. So
0: that's probably one of the big reasons, though, why I didn't put any spider-related movies on this list. Because I know we just we did a spider episode, and I believe arachnophobia was on the on that list. I think we talked about, yeah, it, and it, about
5: it, it. fuck that movie. <laughs> I'll tell you what,
0: though, that was probably one. Fuck of the it be- right up Brian's ass. That was probably one of the best movie going experiences that might, that might make the top 10 of best movie going experiences where I watched more of the audience than I watched the movie cuz yeah, everybody was this. jumping out of their fucking seats during the arachnophobia it was I, awesome I,
5: I mean I didn't see it until well just a few years ago Oh but I didn't jump but I'm just like nope like the entire time I'm like nope hell no that's a big giant <laughs> fucking no nope fuck that like um,
3: That movie scared the shit out of me as a kid.
5: It's it's really well done. I mean, it really makes you feel like you're being overrun with fucking tarantulas and spider. Just fuck that movie. (laughs) Oh, Jesus! so much sleep tonight. Thanks a lot, guys. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, you thank Corey Ferguson for for that. Thanks, Corey.
4: Massey J. Stacy right. says the swarm with Michael Caine. I know it's shit, but it freaked me
0: out as an eight-year-old. I because th- I, 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 again I like Swarm. Mm-hmm. I compared it to uh, that. It's the it's a mad 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 world version of a uh, of a killer insect movie because it has a shit ton of stars and it's way too long. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. all I have to say about this Okay.
4: Um. Matthew J. Stacy says also creep show. Woo. Dan Holmes, you remember Dan? Dan. He says the Fly, nineteen eighty-six, The Fly Two, and Mimic.
0: Yeah. We didn't talk about the Fly, but they both fucking rule. Love those movies. Maybe we should do yeah. a Cronenberg episode or something.
3: <laughs> oh yes, yes. <laughs> uh.
5: <laughs> Duh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for that for two years.
3: <laughs> Even though The Fly 2 isn't a Cronenberg movie, but yeah. the, what happens to Timex in that movie is fucking heartbreaking. I assume that's what they're talking about when they say The Fly 2. Yeah. yeah. And then they're not talking about Return of the Fly with Vincent Price. No. No.
5: Probably not. Yeah, Cronenberg episode. Sweet. Vincent
4: Lurch says, Mosquito. And was really feeling the movie Stung that IFC Scream Factory released. Heck yeah. Nice. (laughs) Willis Wheeler says, Slugs, the OG and the remake of The Fly, Empire of the Ants, with a a cute little ant emoji. That's really cute. Aww. And then uh, Phase 4, Eight-Legged Freaks.
3: Yes, but not yes to oh. eight-legged freaks, but face I just <laughs> It's not just me. I cut
4: that sound clip out where Brian says yes to eight-legged right freaks. Eight-legged
5: freaks. Oh, He's Brian. like, I love that movie. That rules. <laughs> uh,
3: remember that time when Brian defended... but one of you, and I'll let you all guess.
4: Remember that time when Brian defended Twilight? That was awesome. <laughs> you
3: remember that? Uh. Well, Jason uh, doesn't have to worry that it might uh, not be him who's the one that I don't hate.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Willis
4: Wheeler also said, Aliens, if seen Alien Covenant, you will know why I put it as bug-related. Because it bugs the fuck out of Brian? Yeah, it does. Yep. Jesus, he doesn't like that movie. All right. Moving on. And Arts says, Bug, not the freaking film, Starts off as a killer bug film, then starts getting disturbingly weird, and then she put
0: a poster. I know. I so wanted to watch it for um, this movie, okay. or for this episode. Um, yep, that's Isn't the poster. That, what's
5: her name? That oh. Looks, you know, that lady with the but, thing? Uh, nope. That's I, couldn't,
0: not. I couldn't find a copy of the goddamn movie. I wanted to see oh. it so bad.
3: Okay. There, there's been a lot of multiple talking overs. What movie? Bug. <laughs> but, oh, yes, that's a great movie. Yeah, oh, well, that's, yeah that's right, because... Totally. Because Mike asked me about that before uh, we, when yeah, he was making the list, trying are. to find that one for Insane's Picks.
5: Yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. What? Which one?
0: Bug, Bug. Okay. from 70, from the, the one from the 70s where um, the big cockroaches crawl on your hair and set you on fire. Oh, Prehistoric yeah. fire bugs.
3: Yep. Whoa,
5: whoa, you, you had me at cockroach and fire. Yep.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and, and once again, they're super intelligent.
5: Actually, yep. really you just have to get fired. Yeah, I need to see this. God, there's a lot
3: of movies from the 70s where bugs gain sentience, isn't there? Yeah. Like, or I never really thought about it until just now. Like, I, I've seen almost all of them. I love them. And it never occurred to me what a big cross-section of, of them there are. But anyway.
0: It's interesting. Yeah. William Castle production. Oh, that's, that's right. One of, one of his lights.
3: One of his last movies.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely check out the trailer. The trailer will sell you on on this movie. The trailer's fucking awesome.
1: Yeah.
4: Uh, Kier Arts also puts Woman Gets Raped by Giant Cicada. The Beast Within. Beast Within. Yep. Oh, I love that movie too. Kier also says Great Creature Effects. Ticks. Ticks. All right, moving on. Robert Evans says The Swarm. Robert Evans says Kingdom of the
5: Spiders.
3: A little See, Shatner interaction.
0: I love Kingdom of the Spiders, and I watched it for the Shatnered first time.
5: all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> I watched it for the first
0: time when we did our Spiders episodes. Yeah, We talked about same. it a lot on that. So
5: That was actually, oh, damn, that's a bleak fucking ending right there.
0: Yeah, it is. Again, another and,
5: one from the 70s.
3: Yeah. Bugs Wink.
5: I bought it's that movie. Just the ending of
3: the birds,
5: <laughs> but with spiders. So shut yeah. the fuck up. Bird webs everywhere. Anyway, <laughs> bird, bird, bird web all over your face. I bought that movie. Just, clearly, just because of Shatner being in it. I mean, I had heard of it, and then I finally watched it for the show, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah. Like, that's actually really good. When they start dropping from the ceiling, and then, and yeah, then, then just the ending.
0: Yeah, it it's it was a great movie, and if you get a chance to check it out, um, there's a riff tracks of it too. That's really good. Yeah. All right, uh, Derek
4: Ulin, it's been a guest on the show before. He mm-hmm. said the fly ticks and stung. Woo. Gavin R. R. Smith says them. That's obviously the sure. first answer. But I'm also a huge fan of Killer Roach Flick The Nest. The Nest another great one. Yeah. Also,
3: hello, Gavin. He's a buddy from Bee Fest. Gavin from Chicago.
4: Speaking of Brian's buddies, we got Jacob McLaughlin up next. He says them Slither and The Hidden. (gasps) The Hidden
3: What the
5: fuck did I think of that movie?
3: (laughs) Good one. Oh, because it's an alien parasite movie. Yeah, but it's got yeah. uh, Kyle McLaughlin in it. Yes,
5: you know. and oh, I failed. <laughs>
0: Fucking love that movie. Chris Mulkey's in that, Jason. Yes,
5: he is. Yeah. My hero.
4: Isn't that where he starts the movie off? In yeah, it big starts car on chase. Him, yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. just getting shot to shit. It's
4: awesome. Yeah.
5: Still need to meet that guy. He's cool. He's. he's I don't ready. care about fact that he was in your movie—he oh. <laughs> he was in Twin Peaks. Twin that's Peaks, awesome. I knew it. that's where it was going. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll just be like, "Hey, you made a movie with my friends. They're kind of cool. Um, by the way, you were in Twin Peaks. Did you did you know that?"
1: <laughs> <You're> awesome.
4: <laughs> Thanks, Jacob McLaughlin. You are cool. Uh, Phil Herman says, "Empire of the Ants and Food of the Gods." Saw
3: it in theater as a double feature. Ooh, cool. Oh, I am so jealous of that. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I love Food of the Gods too. I
0: do too. I, I think I like I, I definitely like Food of the Gods more than Empire of the Ants. Mm-hmm. Um but since there's various giant animals and creatures in that, I opted for Empire of the Ants for this episode.
4: He says then my all time favorite was the classic
0: them! them.
4: Thanks, Phil. You lucky bastard. Uh, Steve Vessel says, "Arachnophobia." John says, "Fuck that." <laughs> Johnny Abraham says, "Them, them." Uh, Sean D. Wallace says, "Does the whole film have to revolve around killer insects if not creep show?" Justin Beam, you met that guy before. He says,
0: "Mant." So again, <laughs> going back to matinee.
4: He says, "Also, Empire of the Ants, them." The Deadly Mantis. Ah, the Another flies.
3: great 50s. Yep. Yeah.
4: The Fly Cronenberg, Return of the Fly, Creep Show, Bug, Ticks, Mosquito. Mosquito. Just naming off Summertime Fun. Okay. <laughs> Joanne There's Russell said. Oh, go ahead. know you. <laughs> okay, Joanne Russell says, The Fly. Bzz, bzz, bzz. Tony Kaufman says, the isopod things from the bay freaked me out. Oh, god, that's an awesome
1: movie!
0: It yes. so gross, very awesome. So god, cool. I love that one.
1: Yeah,
4: we talked
0: works. about that one long time ago as much yeah, it's as we been can. A years. It was just under the radar, and it, yeah, kick ass Netflix. And I forget who the director is now, but definitely Barry Sonnenfeld. Yes, yeah, like when I saw that, I'm like, really, <laughs> right. All right, up next we got Mark Morris.
4: Some great ones already mentioned, but I would also include Tarantula, 1955. Another good one. And the wonderful giant grasshopper flick, Beginning of the End. (laughs) Another
0: Bird-Eye Gordon classic. Mm -hmm, MST3K does a really good job on that movie, too. Mm -hmm.
4: (laughs) Thanks, Mark. Harry L. Marlowe III says, Eight-Legged Freaks is a guilty pleasure. Also, Night of the Creeps, Slither, Mimic, Squirm. Aliens, I know, I know, but they have a termite feel.
3: It's not well. Wrong. Bill Paxton says it's a bug hunt. So there you, you know.
4: go. Nick Leadham says naked lunch. Okay. Earth versus the Spider, two thousand one.
3: Nice. Oh, the remake. But n- but not the original. Oh, come right. on. <laughs> and Mansquito. Nah. This spider gets brought to life by rock and roll. How? <laughs> de- oh, anyway.
4: And so, and so a friend says, chimes in, comments on that comment, says, Naked Luntz, I have watched it twice and both times I fell asleep during, which resulted in dreams I couldn't tell were real or not. <laughs> <laughs> Nick says, maybe you finished the told. movie and it's so fucked up you thought you were dreaming. And the other guy says, if I didn't know any better, I would have, without a doubt. Though, thought it was a David Lynch film and had a dream state most of his stuff embodies and the guy says David Cronenberg and Lynch have a lot of similarities that was probably Cronenberg at his most Lynch I used to think they are were, there were three that were comparable, can't remember the other two at the moment, okay that was a good conversation alright, right. Noel Jason <laughs> Scott says I'm partial to Lavalanchula because I had a oh great my God.
1: Uh,
0: because yes! I had a great
4: death scene. Thank you, Mike Mendez.
0: Yes, Lava yeah. Lantula,
5: or a.k.a. Yes. Police
0: Academy 10. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, also that. But yeah. Lava Lanchula. Yeah. It's got uh, like uh, about four or five of the
0: cast members of oh, the Police shit. Academy movies in it.
5: <laughs> but yeah, I love, I love Mike Mendez. I'm partial to him because my friends have worked with him, but he makes a fun fucking movie.
4: Lava Lantula.
5: And other movies.
4: Yep. John Peters says, Phase four. Normal sized ants will rule the world, at least in this all bass directed movie. Fuck, shit, cunt. I don't know why you put that. In. He <laughs> Typing say tourettes he just so say you it. would say it. Yeah. <laughs> just just
5: on, pretend Peter. that I threw that out at the end. I believe it. it's, more, it's believable.
4: Sora Wheeler says, Eight Legged Freaks was a favorite of mine, had me cracking up half the time. Jason Finn says, They crawl. Nah, just kidding. This one is for completists only. Shuttily scripted X Files knockoff by an X Glass Wheel, Wheel, Ouija and effects groupie, riddled with stock footage and populated by actors who were available on the day. Which makes, I think, everyone here want to see it. <laughs> I think you just uh, sold yeah. those guys. They crawl. Alright, uh, Tim Lennarer says, the 1986 version of The Fly for being a tragic love story about someone contracting a horrible wasting disease as well as a super grotesque look at Seth Brundle's humanity eroding piece by piece.
5: So, what awesome. Brian and I have. right? Yeah,
3: <laughs> <And I> last- <laughs> He's got a new podcast coming out, by the way, called the Fiasco Brothers Watch a Movie. Yeah? So- yeah? keep an eye out for that.
5: And let's just hope that Brian is not invited to be on there with the sexy voice.
4: I was going to say, Brian's got a new podcast coming out, too.
3: Well, it's we not mine. About- I'm just going to be on it.
5: Well, It's called Brian give, Just Talks... Very, get, Brian Just Reads the... Uh, give the him a
4: minute. Reading. It'll be his. <laughs> yeah. Well, lastly, on Facebook, we got Christopher Mills says Mimic and the Fly. Let's kick it over to Terry for some Twitter
2: some tweeter
1: some
2: <laughs> twitzer
5: <laughs> what sir
2: oh we mama? asked the same question on twitter and we got just one reply from a don anelli at don underscore anelli sci-fi mm. channel had some awesome ones caved in prehistoric terror larva and mosquito were fun still can't top mosquito or centipede horror
3: Centipede Horror is a fun one, yeah. Cool Taiwanese uh, horror flick.
5: Guess what, guys? Of course you know (laughs) what it is.
4: Got another voicemail call-in comment. (gasps) Yay! Jack, he's back. Oh, I thought it was Brian. Nope. Let's give it a listen. This is Jack from Waterloo, Iowa, and I
0: have a couple favorite bug movies. Uh, Dario Argento's Phenomena is my second favorite. Argento flick after Suspiria, I just love it, with uh, Labyrinth-era Jennifer Connelly starring in it. I also really love Cronenberg's The Fly. I, I think that, with John Carpenter's The Thing, are two remakes that are better than the original. I always also really like the last segment of Creepshow with the, that crazy rich guy, when and he, he, he hates bugs, and at the end the bugs all get in and eat him. Then I also remember one of the first horror movies I saw on Saturday Nightmares on some, I think it was a, a regional cable channel, but it was a horror host named Dr. Morbius, and he played this movie called Tarantula about a giant tarantula. I thought that was really cool. I think that was one of the movies that got me hooked on horror. Take
1: Hey,
0: awesome. Thanks, Jack.
4: Those comments were wonderful. That's awesome. Well, that's Twitter and Facebook, and you can call in on the telephone at 415 or 415 aotkp and that's shout-outs.
3: Megan breathed a sigh of relief as the last customer walked out of video land with a selection. The goony old bastard would come in every Saturday night and spend sometimes up to three hours wandering around the store, picking up every video box, examining it, and putting it back before heading to the special interest section to rent the exact same Cinemax softcore movie every single time. He would place the tape on the counter with a sigh as if to say, I spent my entire evening in your store and couldn't find a thing to watch, so I guess this will have to do once again, before shuffling out with his treasure hidden beneath his jacket. It would usually be in the overnight return box the next morning, watched to precisely the same spot and never rewound. One day, one of the employees had carved a little notch on the plastic housing just to see if the film spool really did stop in the same place each time or if they were imagining it. It had become a running joke that they needed to handle the tape with gloves. Often, he would ask to come behind the counter and examine the tapes themselves with a strange urgency. When they refused him, he would become agitated, but luckily he had never gotten belligerent with any of them. He would wring his hands and mutter to himself about infestation, and something in Latin, Insanus Sonderiae. But none of them had a clue what he meant. They all just dismissed him as a harmless weirdo. Megan pulled the key out of the register and went to lock up the doors before counting out the bank deposit. Halfway there, she heard a skittering back by the counter. Turning, she noticed a tape sitting next to the register. Had she left it there? She didn't remember there being a tape there before. Megan shook her head. It had been a long night. She was definitely ready to go home and relax. Having locked the door, she returned to the register to fill out the deposit bag and noticed that there were now two tapes on the counter. She turned around slowly, surveying each aisle. Had someone stayed inside, hidden in the bathroom perhaps, who was now messing with her? While not quite in full-on panic mode yet, Megan's heart was rattling against her ribs a little harder than she was comfortable with. Reaching over the counter and into her purse, she pulled out the set of brass knuckles her father had given her when she moved away to college and walked quietly to the back of the store to check the bathroom. Nothing. She made a circuit of the store, looking behind every shelf and display. With the big anti-shoplifting mirrors to help her, there was no way anyone could be hiding anywhere. Just to make sure, she called out, Is anyone here? Show yourself. No answer but for an odd dry rustling noise from the shelves behind the counter where the tapes were stored. Confused and a little shaken, Megan went back to the register to finish counting the money. I must be losing my mind, she thought. Right to bed when I get home, I've been working too much. As she finished stamping the last of the checks and was zipping up the bag, she glanced up and saw that there were now five tapes sitting on the counter. Her pulse accelerated so fast she saw spots swimming in front of her eyes. The dry rustling sound came again. Behind and on both sides of her, the tapes were coming off the shelves, moving toward her. She spun around and saw the ones on the counter unfurl antennae and legs covered in chitinous armor that looked like black plastic and huge, snapping mandibles. Megan's scream was choked off as she was buried beneath a wave of clattering, chewing death. Outside, the old man stood with his hands pressed to the glass of the door. His eyes were wide. He was shaking and whispering to himself. I knew it, he said. They wouldn't listen to me. I told them they could make it this far north. Insane a sound area. the insane picnic bug. We're all doomed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, and it is time once again for Insane's Picks. This time, I picked film. that uh, I tried to tie it to the episode. Maybe a little bit of a stretch this time. I'm not quite sure. Um, but I went with 1987's Evil Spawn. Um, a scientist uses microbes brought back to Earth via a space probe from Venus in, an ex- in experiments on to reduce aging, but he dies before his work is complete. His assistant approaches an aging actress who is being passed for the lead role in an upcoming Hollywood film. So she injects the serum hoping to become young again. When the actress is still passed for the title role of the movie, the alien bacteria transforms her into a hideous bug-like alien resulting in chaos and bloodshed as she kills those who have done her wrong so evil spawn uh, is directed by it's got he's got this movie's got three directors listed here um kenneth h or kenneth j hall who is probably better known for his special effects works but he also directed linnea quigley's horror linnea quigley's horror workout and then ted Newsom. And then Fred Olen Ray is credited on IMDb, but not credited in the film. And I'll get to why I think Fred Olen Ray has a credit here. Uh, The movie stars Bobby Breezy as Lynn, the aging actress. Uh, She's best known for movies like Mausoleum and Ghoulies. It's also got Melissa Moore in it, who plays Monica, who's been in Vice Academy Part 2, Sorority House Massacre Part 2, but is best known as the horny... Female cop Peggy in Samurai Cop. Uh, Forrest J Ackerman plays a uh, has a cameo as the pool boy, and it's even got John Carradine as the scientist that's uh, coming up with the aging uh, aging formula. Um, he plays Dr. Emil Zitman, Zitman, and his footage is just recycled footage that Fred Allen Ray shot. Of John of John Carradine, shortly before he died, and they just ended up recycling this footage for the film a la Bela Lugosi and Planet from Outer Space* style, and I think that's why Fred Olen Ray gets a kind of a, a directing credit on this, just because of that of that footage, and it is definitely like right before John Carradine died, he he can barely speak in this. In this scene, and it's it's quite sad. Always always a pleasure to see him, but this this one was pretty heartbreaking. Um, <clears throat> considering the movie is listed for three directors, it's uh, directed rather poorly, but uh, <laughs> um, it's definitely got some some cool some fun um, creature effects in it. When she full on turns into a space alien insect creature. Um, and there's, there's a couple of fun little gore scenes in it where, uh, the creature rips off a guy's arm and so on. So it kind of drags on a little bit. It spends way too much time on, um, <clears throat> it spends way too much time on Bobby Breezy's, uh, failing acting career and, 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 um, her character's acting career. And, uh, um, and not enough time on the uh, monster and mayhem, but when it finally gets there, it's it's definitely a lot of fun. Um, this film is was definitely highly influenced by the old Roger Corman picture Wasp Woman, uh, with only uh, some of the major details changed, but uh, the premise pretty much the same. Um, a woman uh, taking a, uh, some kind of serum to keep her from aging, and it turns into her into some insect monster. So. Uh, it was released on, uh, on Fred Owen Ray's Retro Media label. I don't know if it has a Blu-ray release, but uh, it definitely had DVD back in the day, which is what the copy that I have. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely some good Retro Media fun action there. If you uh, want to check it out, Evil Spawn from 1987.
3: If you really like blood dripping into people's butt cracks, that's yeah. the movie for you. That's <laughs> oh. true. There's the, the there's, there's a lot of that in that movie. <laughs> More than
0: one old... scene. Huh. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Okay, so that's uh, that wraps it up then. That's Give me the, the creepy crawlies. Yeah. That's the end of June bugs this episode of attack of the killer podcast thanks again everybody for being on thanks for jumping on there at the last minute there john was missing you there so i was glad to have you Eh, until you started talking <laughs> oh yeah until you started talking
5: <laughs> Been hanging out with brian too much <laughs> he just likes
0: the other stuff <laughs> so and then, thanks everybody for listening um you can donate to our Patreon. Go to Patreon backslash Attack of Killer, or AOTKP to donate. Get our bonus episodes and all that fun stuff. So, Thanks everybody for listening. Hope everybody's having a good summer so far. We will talk to you again soon here on Attack of the Killer Podcast.
1: Oh
4: no!
2: Could this be the end of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attack!